of the Stampede Wrestling Show. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to tonight's edition of Heartbeat Radio on ProWrestlingPowerhouseRadio.com and Blog Talk Radio. I am your host, Michael McCurdy. Uh, I am normally the host of IHWE Radio on uh, Wednesday nights, 8 p.m. Central Time here on Blog Talk Radio. But tonight, I am proud to be once again joining Bruce Hart, uh, to help host this episode focusing on wrestling journalism. We will be joined by Evan Ginsberg, Mike Mooneyham, and in our second hour, Thomas Rude will be joining us. So we are definitely looking at a great show. And, of course, I am being joined, as I said, by none other than the man himself, Mr. Bruce Hart. Bruce, how are we doing tonight? I'm doing good. Uh, thanks for coming on board, uh, Mike, and uh, I'd like to... Wish everybody uh, all the best of the season, yourself included, you know. And, um, I'm looking forward to uh, hearing from some enlightened uh, wrestling authorities. Uh, it should be pretty interesting to hear from some guys like yourself and uh, Mike Mooneyham and Evan and uh, Thomas. You know, they're all pretty, uh, pretty savvy, pretty... Uh, respected uh, wrestling journalists, so it should be, uh, should be pretty interesting. A lot of stuff going on in the wrestling business right now. There seems to be a fair bit of uh, stuff going on, as they say, so it should be interesting to hear some perspectives about uh, some of the stuff going on in WWE and uh, CM Punk and some of the other... Uh, Odds and ends that seem to be uh, in the news are getting some attention lately. So, but yeah, I'm not sure who's coming on first. Uh, you might have a better idea than me, but uh, yeah, we are going to be joined in just a moment by Mike Mooneyham. He's actually on the line. Uh, he will be joining us just momentarily. Uh, thank you for having me on the show this week. When I found out that the topic was going to be wrestling journalism. Uh, I asked about co-hosting this episode specifically because that's kind of my background. I started back in yeah. 1995 doing pay-per-view reviews, and this is in the day of like AOL and CompuServe and all the message boards. So oh, yeah. I was constantly contributing pieces to those boards and all that. So this is kind of where I got my start, where I kind of cut my teeth. So I'm actually looking forward to it. So thank you for having me on. Yeah, thank you. I'm I'm uh, I'm always. Uh interested to hear uh, i always like to uh, get perspective from guys like yourself and mike mooneyham and you know uh, some of them you know are pretty uh enlightened and pretty intelligent you know got some good uh insights into things you know and uh i uh i'm looking forward to hearing whatever mike's got to Offering, you know, I was reading some of his stuff online and uh, some pretty fascinating stuff on CM Punk and some of that that seems to be uh, hot button these days. You know, a fair bit of human, uh, from what I can discern, a bit of fair bit of stuff going on in the WWE underneath, the, beneath the surface or in the, in the background. That's uh, 
you know, making things interesting down there. So I'd, lo- I'd like to hear some perspective from uh, Mike and Evan and whoever on some of that stuff, you know. But, but yeah, I'll uh, let you bring Mike on. Okay. Yeah, CM Punk is definitely a hot topic of conversation still, even weeks after his podcast with Colt Cabana. Um, now we know he's joining UFC, and everybody's coming out of the woodwork to want to challenge him. So definitely on that. And also the inner workings of WWE with uh, their pay-per-view last week in the tables, ladders, and chairs, as well as a few days before that, NXT with their takeover uh, special on the network. There's a lot of uh, behind-the-scenes going on there about who had the quality show. So definitely uh, some going to be some good perspective and kind of interested to hear, you know, Mike's take on things like that. So without any further ado, let us bring on Mr. Mike Mooneyham. Mike, thanks for joining us tonight. My, my pleasure, Michael. Hey, hey, Bruce, how are you? Oh, good. Uh, best of the season, Mike. Uh, thanks for uh, taking from your uh, hectic schedule to come on. And uh, uh, I've been looking forward to hearing, I was checking out some of your uh, posts and uh yeah. Yeah, some of that stuff with punk and all is uh, interesting. A lot of stuff that didn't make a, a yeah. lot of sense to me, you know, or probably anyone else, some of the... Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's it's such a crazy... So, and by the way, I, I always enjoy talking to you, to Bruce. I, I know we, we talk a lot off the air, too, but um, it's always a pleasure talking to somebody who really, you know, goes back as far as I do in the business. And, uh, yeah, and, uh, I, you know, we're, I, I guess really we're kind of dinosaurs uh, these days, wouldn't you think? I guess we're old school, you know. If, uh, <laughs> and, uh, I, I, uh, I like to s- still think that the dinosaurs are, uh, you know. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Hey, I, today it's, that's a compliment. I mean, it, it's definitely a compliment. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, um, I met enough, <laughs> enough old school farts around that uh, actually uh, have been there and done it, and actually uh, apply some method to the madness or whatever. You know, unlike the uh, present day uh, uh, flinging of excrement against the wall and uh, hoping and it might stick for some reason. You know, which is, you know, I really wonder how did these guys get paid who are booking this stuff? I mean. Most of it doesn't make any sense. You know, I mean, it, it's something different every week. Um, one of the basic tenets of wrestling is to really get these, uh, get your performers over. And I still, I, I still have never been given a good answer as to why WWE really, you know, buries these guys who they want to really push later. And uh, you know, it's not 1960 or 1970 anymore. These guys are exposed every week on TV. So, you know, if you go through maybe seven or eight weeks in a row and you lose, you can't really bring that guy back, you know, six months down the road. I mean, people, they don't forget. Um, Case in point, you know, a pretty talented performer like Dolph Ziggler, who incorporates a lot of the old school stuff that we love, Great performer in the ring, a little undersized, but you know, I mean, that doesn't shouldn't mean yeah, anything. Twenty fifteen, they bury the guy for whatever reason. He's in the doghouse, whatever the reason is, 
And now, you know, after two years or so, they, they give him a little nibble, you know, give him an intercontinental title, which means absolutely nothing. Zero, Probably yeah. will never push him for the, you know, real strongly as a world champion. But now they're giving him, you know, now they kind of see his worth and are pushing him a little bit. But, I mean, you know, they had the guy for two straight years just losing on TV, never giving, a, you know, much of anything to chew on. Yeah, and, they, and they make asses of them, too, you know, having him kind of tied in with Vicky Guerrero and all this other where they make fools of them. Same with yeah. Ryback, you know, they had him uh, kind of oh, yeah. uh, up and down and up and down, and then uh, he got kind of part of that thing with Curtis Axel. And he was there. I remember that wasn't that long ago that he and eight or nine other guys are getting squashed by the Shields, and then now exactly, you know, feed me more again, which Kane's. Uh, yeah, now we bring him back you know, like he's a main eventer. I mean, you know, they brought him on strong against CM Punk. Then they, you know, had him do jobs, and they had him uh, a very mid-cardish team with uh, with uh, Joe Hennig. Uh, yeah, and, yeah, uh, Curtis Axel or whatever the hell you know. Yeah, right, yeah, right. It seems to be no uh, no uh, rhyme or reason, you know. Even uh, all this other idiotic crap with that Adam Rose. And the bunny and all that, and then oh, she's the bunny. Yeah, I mean, just, just ridiculous nice. stuff. It, it, it's it's extremely bizarre these days, and I don't you know, know whose I, heels or whose faces or what, <laughs> is the bunny a heel or a face? I don't know. I, I'm I'm confused. Uh, they have for some reason Adam Rose, uh, you know, getting squashed by Kane, and they're both sort of. <laughs> buffoonish heels, you know, and uh, and the bunny comes in, and I, I'm not sure if you're supposed to have sympathy for the bunny, or Kane's turning face again, or you got yeah. almost every guy in the damn promotion has been a heel and a face, and a face and a heel, and the only guy that maybe uh, should be switched is Cena. Who, yeah, uh, yeah, and he won't be. You know, uh, and, uh, you know, they've got him in this kind of limp dick I'm not sure if he's a face or a heel or, a, yeah. or what. You know, and, and and Brock Lesnar, too. They got the belt kind of uh, in limbo. You know, it doesn't even mean anything anyway. You know, it's like Paul Heyman cutting promos and yeah. the talking computer again. With, uh, <laughs> you know, the the, the anonymous it. general manager? Yeah, yeah, the uh, Michael Cole and... Uh, you know that other, you know, yeah, I, I, I feel sorry for the damn fans. You know, like if, if I don't know what, how you're supposed to even react. How do you react? Anything. How do you react to uh, this stuff? I mean, you don't know who's the heels or faces, and I, they, they keep bringing these guys back who've only been gone for a few weeks and making out like they're, you know, the Messiah <laughs> returning or something like Chris Jericho <laughs> who comes back after. Two or three weeks, and, and I imagine Red <laughs> Burton will be uh, reintroduced at Royal Rumble or something like he's the uh, second coming of uh, Christ or something like that, you know. And, uh, I don't yeah, know. right. He's been gone to make a movie, but they'll bring him back like he's been gone for five years. You know, it's so bad the announcers really don't know whose heels or faces anymore. You notice that they kind of bounce around. Yeah, and, and they're they're uh, you know I find them 
annoying to the point of you know uh, usually turn the volume off because they're oh yeah yeah you know, yeah absolutely you know, Larry and Mo just uh, you know shilling and and nothing they, uh, and, and they're lousy announcers too. <laughs> like they, yeah. when, you know at least when Jim Ross was action. He, he, he gave some uh, air of credibility to to the the program, but that's gone out the window now. Yeah, and I'm even pers- uh, perplexed right now with this. You know, they had uh, Shane and I mean, uh, Shane, Stephanie, and Hunter and Penny and the Team Authority and all that stuff, and now they seem to be just completely uh, a wall. You know, like I haven't seen them the last few weeks yet. Uh, it's not like anyone thinks they're not there, you know. And, uh, oh, no. thing, yeah, the, the, I don't know. I'm, uh, the only thing that intrigues me is that, you know, I'm glad people are still watching it, even though uh, I would have to surmise that their ratings can't be great or they're, you know. I, no. I, if they are, I, you know, I would wonder why, you know. I, I don't know what... Uh, I think for me, one of the worst aberrations or whatever was that that TLC thing a couple of weeks back. You know, yeah. Being old school, you know, in the old days, if you actually had a gimmick match or a stipulation match, like tables, letters, chairs, or a cage, or a yeah, yeah, whatever the hell, there was always some chairs or build up to it, you know, and uh, there was, you know, that that was. Uh, what it was all about, you know. You didn't just have lumberjack, or you would have. Uh, yeah, no, it's it's you know. Uh, I, it seems to be just. Uh, it's just thrown out there, Bruce. It's oh, yeah, just thrown I, I, out. I was like almost gagging with the excess. You know, there was uh-huh. the only thing that was missing and has been missing for the last several months is is wrestling. Like, there's no. They yeah. have everything but wrestling. They got, uh, you know, comedy, and they got guests, and they got country and western, and they got uh, all the ladders and barbed wire and stairs, and, and it's like uh, no wrestling whatsoever to hold it together. You know, if you like having a damn, uh, you know, the, the Super Bowl festivities, and you got uh, football game, just have big halftime show. And 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 then uh football game doesn't even happen like it's you know, and all of a sudden you're going you know Yeah. We had the halftime thing and we had the pre thing and we had uh the cheerleaders and we had the uh the commercials uh-huh. and geez, uh, what's missing here? Oh yeah, we forgot about the game, you know. Uh, you know, it's like screw it, it doesn't matter, you know, it's like uh but, Yeah, a lot of sizzle like, in those yeah, it's getting to that point, you know, you, uh, I know back in the day when I was booking, uh, you know, the, uh, pretext was the wrestling sets up everything else, you know, you have to actually have some, uh, some wrestling to set up the hot finishes and set up the, uh, characters and everything else, but, uh, if the wrestling was, uh, not very good, then everything else kind of was irrelevant you know and uh, yeah right yeah now, and, the and, and and the the, the last pay-per-view the first match was actually it stole the show it was by far the best match oh, on the oh, entire yeah, totally. show yeah that was that Ziegler and uh luke um, uh luke luke uh, harper yeah 
I totally agree. And uh, I got to the point, and I don't, I don't know. Uh, after a while, you know, after about the thousandth chair shot, and uh, desensitized chair, to it. Yeah, and yeah. five hundred ladders. You know, yeah. after a while, yeah, it, you almost become non-reactive. You know, there's no. Uh, yeah, you know, there's, what can you do reactive. to top? Yeah, same. I think it's a total mistake having all of that stuff on one show, tables, ladders, chairs, stairs. I mean, by the time of the main event, you know, you're 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 physically and mentally exhausted. Oh yeah, you've had all, you know, it's like if prime rib is the main course, you already had yeah. so much shit shoved down your throat that you're about exactly. ready to gag and somebody's uh saying, "Okay, we got the lobster now." And you're going like, "Yeah." Who cares? Enough, I can't take any more. You know, I've already had all the bologna and the bullshit and the right. mashed potatoes and the cheese and the crackers and the horse shit. You know, it's like, uh, oh. please, no more. You know, no, I got four more tables, letters, chairs, stairs, yeah. matches, plus the bunny rabbit and uh, Adam Rose coming out for a cameo and uh, maybe, you know, the Guerrero Guerrero resurfacing or something, you know. The whole show is overbooked. I mean, totally, totally overbooked. Yeah, I, but I tell you, Bruce, you're talking about the ratings. No, you're right about that. Um, in fact, the ratings have gone down for the last three or four weeks, and now this past week um, they hit a, a, a two-year low, which is not good, um, especially coming after a pay-per-view. So you know, up for their like, uh, I'm. Up here in Canada, I can't even fathom that twenty-four-seven network. Like, uh, yeah, I have trouble believing it's gonna survive. Yeah. Like, uh, if you know, I don't know what what they can recycle a year from now. Like, they already got all these old recycled, recycled old this and that. Mm-hmm. And, like, there's no. It's not like they can pull a bunch of WrestleManias from the nineteen forties out of the, the yeah. Their, you know, I don't know what else is going to uh, compel anyone to buy it uh, a year from now. Like, are they going to have, you know, more revelations from Pat Patterson? Or are they going to have, uh, you know, uh, All right, yeah. you know, a treasure trove of squash studio matches from, uh, you know, Nick Goulis's territory that somebody found yeah. in a vault or something like that? <laughs> well, you know... Ironically, it's sort of a double-edged sword with this WWE network because a lot of people I talk to who do get the network, they say, "Hey, this stuff is so much better than what we're seeing today. How is that? You know, we 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 want oh, yeah. we prefer this old stuff, and we don't see it. So, in a way, it's damaging their current product because if you go back twenty years, even you know <laughs> during the Monday Night Wars stuff, that stuff was so much better." than it is today, and and people see that. You know, they're not fools, and it really just makes the, the current product look rather lame. Yeah, and you'd figure they would have, uh, you know, maybe thought about that before they, uh, yeah. you know, launched this initiative. You know, it reminds me of, like, these other, uh, you know, things that came to the surface and faded quickly like the XFL and that world yep. bodybuilding and some of that stuff that uh you know all it was was sort of some hype and you know some yeah. uh, whatever and then uh it 
seemed to there was no substance to it. No, no, and it's still not. It's still not meeting projections. It's still lagging behind a lot. They they really thought the network better than it has. has, You know, giving it away. It's not like there's any Trump card they're going to pull out now that all of a sudden is going to make people exactly. want to watch it. That I can think of, you know, I don't know are they going to have. Uh, uh, you know, I could think of anything off the top of my head that's going to all of a sudden like, wow, we got to watch. They're bringing Mean Gene back, or they got, uh, you know, the yeah. greatest hits of Lord Alfred Hayes, or they got, uh, you know. <laughs> Uh-huh, yeah. They've sort of shot their wad. The Von Erichs or Von Gagne is going to, you know, come Yeah, he's gonna, he's nothing is going to boost it. But yeah, you'd figure they would have taken, you know, some of that into um, consideration, you know. I, I, I'm hoping that they, um, you know, being a fan and all of that, I, I hope I'd like to see them uh, come up with something that, Restore some modicum of respectability and plausibility to uh, to it, you know. But uh, yeah, the the only real, you know, I see one possible bright spot would be the um, the NXT. They've been received very well. The matches are longer. Uh, there appears to be some really good talent. And, and that uh, I guess it's sort of a, a developmental grooming uh, ground for future WWE stars. They have some good talent, um, but you know the the problem is once they bring them up to the main roster, they seem to kind of shoot themselves in the foot by either changing the gimmick. Of course, the matches are not longer, so they really can't show exactly you know all the talent they do have. Um, but, you know, perhaps they'll catch on, make the matches a little bit longer on TV and cut out some of the the backstage BS that goes on and really nobody's interested in. Um, you know, longer matches uh, on occasion might be one way they can improve the product. It would be a drastic change from what they've done in the past, but if they do have guys who can work longer matches and work good matches, you know, it, it could bring a little more wrestling uh, oh, yeah, to the you and I would, uh, you know, c- coming from our backgrounds, to yeah. me it's folly and lunacy to be having NXT, you know, uh, available to the public. Like, uh, in the yes. days, if you had guys, you know, developing that were, you know, uh, hot prospects or whatever, the last thing you wanted to was for the fans, your main mainstream fans, to have any preconceptions of them. When right, they were right. Great point. You don't want to expose those guys before they really get on the main Absolutely stage. Absolutely not. You know they should. Uh, uh. And and when they, Vince should know that better than anyone. You know, in the old days, you'd have Hawk and Animal, or you'd have Randy Savage or whoever. When they came in, they'd make a big splash. If you've already seen them for the last yeah. year or two or three playing these uh, embryonic uh, trial and error bullshit roles in NXT, right. and then you uh, finally 
launched them. If I'm a Mark, I'm going, oh, that's Joe Blow that, uh, you know, they had him playing a Martian or they had him playing, a, you know, a bisexual communist or some damn thing, you know, back in the day. Now he's being cast as a, a rabbit or some bullshit, you know, it's like... Uh, Great point. Yeah, that's that's an excellent point. That's the That's the other edge of the sword there. Yeah, and the image is everything is Sandra Agassi or Pee Wee Herman or whoever says, you know, <laughs> you know, you got to, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, you know, you have, to, you should, you know, I find myself constantly saying how, you know, how come they don't know this shit? This is stuff like uh, you see elementary. The cardinal rules back in the day, you know, like uh, you know, uh, it was when a guy came into a territory, you, you you wanted him to hit the ground running like some kind of Superman or supervillain or something like that. You know, you didn't want uh, them all perceiving him to be, uh, you know, Terry Boulder and Eddie Boulder and uh, all that yeah. stuff. You wanted him to be Hulk Hogan and. Uh, the Macho Man, not Randy Poffo, and all that stuff. You know. I guess that goes back to my original statement. Who? A question. Who? Who's who's in charge of this today? Who's booking it? I mean, I know Vince still has, uh, you know, the final say in a lot of the major decisions. But I mean, is it I, is it Hunter? I'm always, I'm always amused when I hear this. You know, even the term like uh, the writers. Uh, I'm going like, uh, <laughs> yeah. Why? There should be one guy, you know, and uh, like you don't you don't have Steven Spielberg or James Cameron doing the Titanic, and you got twenty directors, and then uh, you're, you know you have to have one person. And, exactly. Uh, it's pretty evident when you're seeing the uh, the product where you see some, even you know, even though it's to me crap anyway, but they still go to all this trouble to have like. A couple of weeks yeah, back, yeah. I saw Bray Wyatt and Dean Ambrose and the chairs and the ladders and the tables and the, all this supposedly serious Mortal Kombat and all that. And then right after that, they had the effing uh, rabbit and Adam Rose. And, and I, yeah, yeah, it bounces like, around. You know, it's like having a damn Pee Wee Herman and... Uh, Something yeah. like that come out in the middle of Die Hard or uh, you know one of these uh, yeah. heavy duty uh, epic violent movies or something like that. You know, like there's no uh, no rhyme or reason. You know, and uh, they seem to you know have this compulsion to uh, kind of have all these different components and. Uh, it's complete nonsense, you know. To me, it is anyway. Where you got uh, comic relief and farce and tits and ass and all this stuff. You got it, it's man. Funny. You got that's that's it's exactly not even what homogenous. It is. You know, it's and uh, I think one of the things they're missing as well. I've said it for years. Is that they actually need a commentator. You know, it's like uh, I, really. If you were, if you had like the NFL and you had players interviewing each other, say at the end of a game, I had Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers or something, and uh, you didn't have the uh, the Bob Costas or the whoever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that's right. You get these guys who 
are nowhere near as dynamic or uh, eloquent or, uh, you know, able to talk as some of those old farts back in the day, like Flair and Piper and Hogan. Yeah. They got yeah. these guys, and they got each have a mic in their hands, and they're uh, taking forever to get to a point, and half the time they don't even get to the point, and they're going no, on no. for 10 minutes, and, and there's nobody to you know, even facilitate the uh, dialogue or anything. And I, I find myself saying, uh, you know, I know in the old days it was pretty cut and dry. You know, you had two minutes, you had to get get in and get out. And, uh, you know, the, I know, we had this old fart up here named Ed Whalen who was pretty... Yeah, I remember uh, Ed. He would, he would cut you off. He, like, he had to, you know get in and get out in two minutes and that was that you know so there was no kind of pissing around and but Heck nowadays no. i see these guys you know so many of them can't even talk and they they all have a mic and uh nobody uh feeding them the questions and uh and i'm surprised that uh they, they can't uh figure that out themselves you know there's so many things that seem to be uh ass backwards or contradicting each other, you know. Yeah, it's just as uh, Hunter or whoever, and maybe Stephanie as well, they think they want to change the business, and, you know, they want to do things differently, and you've got the bunny, which is a pet project of Hunter, by the way, which is kind of scary. Um, And you have all of these different things, but they've gone away from what really worked. I mean, Wrestling has been around for many, many years, and there's certain things that worked, and there's certain things that didn't work. But it's like now they're trying to reinvent the wheel and say, "Hey, I've got a better way to do this." You know, we'll get uh, we'll get a frog to come on and be the general manager or the guest this week, and that's going to really pop the fans and and create a huge TV audience. When there's some things that, you know, logic will tell you if you know anything about the wrestling business, is that doesn't work. The fans are going to rebel. You know, that's not a good idea. Uh, another case in point was last year around this time when they had Batista win the Royal Rumble, even though everyone knew that Daniel Bryan was the guy that the fans wanted to see in the Royal Rumble. So as yeah. a result, it, it killed Batista. I mean, it, it killed him. I don't even know if he can come back again and, and still, you know, have any kind of uh, level of success he had years ago. But they did uh, that to point. spite the fans. A lot of times, WWE does things to spite the fans, and that's not good business. That You know, they always talk about what's good for business. Well, that plainly is not good for business. No, you'd, you'd figure they would be more acutely aware of that than anyone you know that's sure uh, you know uh i'm just as uh perplexed when i see this stuff with the uh you know they've cut back on it the last week or two but uh all that nonsense with team authority and all like that you know and then i would see them you know completely uh you know being arrogant and abrasive and abusive and condescending and you know, sure. To the fans, and then and I, I was intrigued that they would have some uh, initiative on breast cancer, or saying, you know, supporting <laughs> the troops or something. After yeah. that, I thought, like, you know, 
Roger Goodell was, uh, and uh, maybe Bob Kraft and uh, Jerry Jones and uh, the Maras or the Roonies or whatever were doing. Yeah, if I'm a fan, I, if I'm a casual fan, out, I'm totally confused, you know? Yeah, and then they come out, oh, by the way, uh, support breast cancer and stay in school. and uh, <laughs> No bully. Stop bullying. Reason. Yeah, don't be a bully, and then, uh, you know, uh, you're fired, and you know, it's like, uh, whoa. It's you know, my behind right? club. Yeah. So, yeah I mean, I, it it doesn't much. make sense. I mean, you know, I'm sure we could talk it to death, but I, I think we made the point that a lot of stuff they do does not make sense, and therefore it's reflected in the ratings, and, and it certainly is. They have a core audience right now. They're not gaining sort of new fans. They're not bringing fans in from other uh, areas they have a they have a core audience and they're not growing that audience and they ought to figure out why they're not growing that audience. You know they had a guy CM Punk. We were talking about Punk. Here's a guy that fans really loved. Okay, Hunter doesn't like CM Punk. CM Punk doesn't like Hunter. You can still do business. You know, not everybody in in every uh, endeavor likes the boss, or maybe the boss doesn't like them. But oh, CM Punk made like, some, uh, like Brett and Vince, you know, it's like, uh, Brett and Vince. I mean, you know, you do what's they're always talking about what's best for business. What's best for business is giving the fans what they want, and they clearly wanted CM Punk. If it weren't for the, if it wasn't for the animosity between Triple H and CM Punk, Punk would probably still be in WWE. Probably would have headlined WrestleMania. Uh, they would be in a lot better shape than they are today. But when Punk yeah. left, it created a downward spiral that WWE has never really fully recovered from. No, I think the, you know, I'm not an alarmist or a doomsday or whatever the hell, but at this point, I haven't seen anything that looks to me likely to stem, stop the bleeding or whatever the cliche is. Um you know, I, I don't see the, uh, you know, whatever they're doing with Cena doesn't seem like it's going to really uh, do anything no. in that respect. And I'm not sure what else, you know, they I have no idea whether they, they pretty much run the course from what I can see with this thing with Bray Wyatt and Dean Ambrose. And they're trying to get a little, I think they're hoping that they'll cap capture lightning in a bottle with Roman Reigns being the yeah. be all end all, but I'm not sure if you know, he he's been there for a while. He's not like uh Yeah you know, to me he's not uh the second coming of Hulk Hogan or anything yet, you know, so I I don't know what uh what else No, I like the kid but I don't think you know, honestly I, I think he's still a little green. I don't think he's He's ready for the spot that they have. Yeah, I don't think they've defined whatever they need. You know, to me, there's yeah. too much ambiguity as to what what he is. You know, they don't seem to know whether they want him to be the second coming of the Rock or they want him to be, uh, you know, the Ultimate Warrior, <laughs> reincarnated right. or what the hell. You know, there's no. Uh, I'm that old school that I'm still amused and intrigued that. His finish is a punch, you know, which is uh, supposed to be illegal, you know, like, and even that in itself is kind of part of their problem. Is if everything is, 
legal, which apparently it is these days, then how does anyone get any heat? You know, exactly. Like, uh, and Steve Austin made the comment. He said, are you serious? This guy's finisher is a punch? And they've groomed yeah. him to be the big thing? No. I mean, yeah. that's another, that's sort of another. Uh, uh, they seem to have lost sight of the fact that, that that was a big part of the whole deal back in, <laughs> in my day. You get incredible heat on a technicality finish. Where guys yes. DQ'd for uh, a close test, yes. or he's found to have uh, some kind of uh, knuckle dusters <laughs> in his, you know, all kinds of stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know? And uh, a guy in in my day, and we got great mileage out of it. If a guy was put over the top rope, DQ, DQ, and uh, you know, you'd have on occasion when the face accidentally ducked and the heel went over the top and the ref would DQ the heel, the face and the fans would go nuts. Yeah, yeah. Have a big crowd the next week, you know. And, but you know, I, I'm surprised that they seem to have lost sight of that. You know, those are all, you know, you go to football or anything, that's one of the things that makes football or baseball or basketball intriguing where you have you know, some technicality. Was he out of bounds or was in bounds? Yeah, was, yeah, uh, yeah. Rules. And, and that that's a big part of it, you know. But I can't imagine if you took, like, basically threw the rule book out the window with the NFL and you had, uh, you know, guys offside every play and, uh, you know, eight downs and, you know, uh, guys uh, being uh, ruled touchdowns when it was out of bounds or uh, or a guy uh, coming out and saying okay I'm going to make a I'm going to make a rule tonight we're going to have 12 players play against one player tonight in oh, a yeah. handicap <laughs> yeah exactly and uh, you know and uh and uh you know uh, Jerry Jones's mistress is the referee or something like that or whatever the hell you know you just out of the blues stuff you know and we're talking about wrestling. This stuff really happens. You know, I always went by, I always subscribed to the old adage that less is more. Now, they can't get enough. I mean, where does the bar end? Do you jump, do you make a cage 40 feet and jump off of it? Do you have, well, do you have like nothing but cage matches and ladder matches and tables matches on a show, which they've done, which completely defeats the allure of having you know, a cage match, and, and, but then we can get back to the point even more. Why even lower a cage when there's no color? What is the purpose of having a guy smash his opponent's head into oh, yeah. whatever Jim Ross used to call it, the invincible steel, stru- you know. Uh, the, yeah, and what's the, the point of having a cage between two guys yeah. who don't need to have any uh, issues with each other? You know, that was the only... Uh, uh, yeah, we're going to open wall tonight and lower a cage for two guys who really, you know, uh, they haven't established a program yet, but we're going to put a cage down for them. You know, that is just so anti-everything that, you know, I ever learned about the wrestling business, the basic tenets. Yet, they do this on a weekly basis. Uh, and, you know, I know their health concerns. Yeah, we can't, we can't have blood. We can't do all of this. Well, don't insult the viewers by having a cage and having your guys, you know, smash each other's head into it and not having a, a, a trickle of blood. Don't, don't do it because it, it exposes, it, ex, it exposes the, the product tremendously. Yeah. And I'm, 
I'm intrigued that they can't seem to uh, understand that they're the guys cooking this meal, you know, and they know the ingredients, you know. Yeah. At some point, they need to, uh, you know, kind of. I think they, amongst themselves, need to define what the hell direction they are seeking. Somebody, you're right. Somebody's got to do it. Somebody's got to be the guy in charge and saying, "This is how we're running these shows." You know, and and just outline everything that they are doing wrong and and change things immediately because, you know, I haven't seen any improvement. I've been following this business for almost 50 years now, and we're at a juncture in in, in the profession where, um, you know, something something needs to be done. There need to be some major changes. And and the old days, you you and I would uh, know, you know, back in the day, they always had some, you know, they could bring a Mark Calloway in or they could bring in a Randy Savage or they could bring in a Jim Helwig or sure. there was always somebody in the waiting in the wings that could kind of give them, you know, a kind of a, a shot in the arm. But yeah. that's one of the problems yeah. right now is there's uh, virtually nothing on the horizon other than what we were already talking about, the NXT guys that maybe uh, have already been overexposed. I think that's one of the things that they need is some... uh, In the old days, you took it for granted. You know, you had all the territories and stuff, but that's where all the... You know, that that was one of the things that uh, sustained and perpetuated the business was guys would come in from uh, another place and, uh, you know they would uh, give a territory a shot in the arm and you'd send guys out and all like that. And sure. That, that's something that uh, I think, uh, you know, in the old days we referred to that as the grassroots. You know, that's where uh, the guys, uh, you know, learned how to work. And in those days you needed to learn how to work. There wasn't too many uh, artificial right. additives, you know, basically... In those in those days, you didn't have all the smoke and mirrors and the uh, the props of the other. You basically, uh, of course, you the guy you were working with, and uh, you had to go twenty five minutes. And, uh, and if you weren't getting uh, over, you're out of a job, you know. And uh, I think at some point it needs to to some degree go back to that, you know. And, I'm not sure something. I mean, you know, I look I look back so fondly at those days and it if you know, it, it's hard to explain to to young guys in the business today or even fans how good it was because it's not something you can describe. Um words will never do it justice, but the business back then was um I mean, it 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 was it was wonderful, you know. Oh yeah, the fans got their fix every week, you know, and uh, which is something they're not doing these days. And that's, oh, you, that's hey, a critical concern, you know, that there's no grassroots fans out there. Like, if you just had, uh, you know, and you couldn't do it, but it, if if you just had the NFL and you had no feeder system and you had no you know kids playing the game or <laughs> any of that stuff or major league baseball without all the uh you know the foundations underneath it you know yes. 
it, it would cease to exist, and and that's pretty well what's it all gone uh, pretty much happened right now. And and one of the beauties back in the day was you had all these guys from different backgrounds coming into yeah. the business, and that's what gave it some flavor. You know, we had a certain brand of wrestling up here, but you know, it always enhanced what we had if we brought in a guy from Tennessee or you brought some guy in from Amarillo or you brought some Absolutely. Guy in from I mean there Carolina. was such a variety of yeah. of performers, of styles. They weren't cookie cutter guys. You know, most of these guys in the business Oh today, yeah, that's what made it interesting. You know, we'd bring in the Japanese guys, we brought in the Dynamite and Davy and guys like that from England or there was these uh guys from the Sheik's territory who are a bit off the wall or but you know, it, it uh the old saying was variety is the spice of life, but it it's what made it interesting and Absolutely that was the uh, the things back in the heyday of Hulkamania and all that that really uh launched that thing was you had all these guys from these different different territories. Kurt Hennig's or Randy Savages or Hawk and yeah. Animal or Hogan or, uh, you know, uh, Warrior, you know, the Bushwhackers. Or... Oh, you had guys from AWA, Memphis, uh, California. Yeah, uh, and, and, and all of those guys were grounded, experienced, they knew the business. You know, this is probably the first generation, we're in it right now, where these guys coming up, there's no more WCWs or NWAs. Or, well, they're all coming from the same stagnant uh, cesspool of uh, you know creative uh, sterility or whatever the hell you know. In my estimation, you know, you got uh, you know as we had Terry Funk on a few weeks ago, and he was saying the same. You got a a small group of guys who are pushing guys for their agendas and all like that, and uh, the cream isn't rising to the top. It's you know all based they're on right. The, non-wrestling dynamics, you know, such as ass-kissing or or whatever, you know, that seem to uh, predicate who rises to the, you know, the occasion. And, and, yeah, the wrestling is is incidental to the, uh, you know. It it certainly is. It it is taken aback. Or whatever the hell other elements that seem to, uh, you know, you know, predicated guys, uh, whether he's getting a push or not, you know. And, uh, right. I don't know if we can technically use the word wrestling anymore in the conversation about WWE because no. they can't use it on their show. It's referred to as um, sports entertainment. And a strap or a belt is no longer that. It is a uh, title or championship. I think the, both of those words are ones that are barely applicable, you know, uh, you know. Yeah. I'm not sure if entertainment's allowed to be used anymore because it's it, most of the time ceasing to be that, you know. And it's, yeah, yeah, really because wrestling is secondary to entertainment and sometimes it's bad entertain, entertainment. And the belt, obviously even the world title belt doesn't mean much because you don't have the world title defended, but what every... Uh, two couple of months or so, you know, with Brock Lesnar as champion. So I guess that 30-day rule is no longer valid. Yeah, it's it's almost uh, mind-boggling that they, you know, and they control all these dynamics. It's not like somebody's 
imposing all this on them and affecting it. But you know, they they should uh, have a very clear idea, a mandate, or whatever the hell, what the hell is going on with that belt. Like right now, the world belt is sort of stagnant, or it doesn't. I don't even know what the hell. And and those other belts mean nothing. You got a the U.S. title on a. A Bulgarian, Russian, whatever the hell, it, you know. Before then, he took it from Seamus, an Irishman. So, the, you know, whatever the rationale of that is, you know. And then you got and you're the European Dol- Championship again. Yeah, and you got Dolph Ziggler squashed uh, repeatedly, and all of a sudden, he, you know, he's being yeah reconstituted as the Intercontinental, whatever, you know, and. Uh, and, and the titles haven't meant anything in so long. Yeah, and the tag belts are, you know, you know what, uh, you know. I'm also intrigued that they've, <laughs> sounds funny, but, uh, like, one of one of the things that sort of makes, to me, like the Stanley Cup or the uh, Super Pose, you know, it's a very identifiable, uh, you know, trophy or whatever. And yeah. Almost every damn belt in WWE is, uh, you know, I look at the belts and I say, well, what belt is that now? You know, like uh, they, they've got oh, yeah. the belt, like about every year or so they change the belts or Dolph Ziegler's got a white one now. It was black or red <laughs> or purple or green or whatever the hell, uh, you know. And if I'm a mark, I'm going like, if I saw the Stanley Cup every year and one year it's uh, gold, the next year it's chrome, the next year it's... Put a little spinner and, on it. They, uh, yeah, or they got, uh, you know, flames coming out of it or <laughs> going like, what the hell, you know. Like, <laughs> well, yeah. we hate to give such a bad report about WWE, but uh, beside all of that, everything's pretty good, right? <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. It's, <laughs> what a wonderful world is Jimmy Stewart or uh, what uh-huh. like or whatever the hell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, oh. Yeah, sometimes watching Raw, and that's part of my job. But sometimes watching Raw can be a, uh, a chore. You know, it really, it really can be, especially three hours. Which, uh, you know, if they could just cut that show to two hours, maybe it would be uh, yeah, more tolerable. Intriguing, you know. Uh, like they've got this more is better uh, mindset, but uh, <laughs> the unfortunate paradox is the, uh, you know. The talent, uh, you know, is nowhere near as they have nowhere near as much no. talent or uh, whatever as they did back in the day. You know, it's like, uh, and so it's almost amusing to me that they, uh, you know, at at that point where their talent has been recycled and recycled and what oh, yeah. diluted and at at that point that they chose to do a 24-7 gig, you know, and they're uh, having a paper yeah. every, every month or every three weeks or whatever the hell, you know. And uh, uh, Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't, you know, if you were having a Super Bowl game every uh, month, you know, or something uh, at that Exactly. Uh, it obviously would cease to be the Super Bowl at that point, you know, if you're having the Olympics every two weeks or something, you know, or... But, and, you figure that uh, you know the powers that be, or you know, I, I don't know what what they do with their time to conspire all this stuff. You know, like 
they they should be having the same conversation that we're having right now, you know, like uh, playing devil's advocate or whatever. Absolutely, yeah. Well, yeah, like, apparently uh, it's yes, sir, Mr. McMahon, no, sir, Mr. McMahon. There's uh, really sure. just a chorus of, uh, you know, subservient. I've told that Vinny, uh, you know, I don't know there, there's other people that are, you know, like calling shots or pulling strings or whatever the hell. But I have trouble believing any one person could orchestrate no, that's too much for one guy. Yeah, it's uh, way too many cooks in the kitchen or uh, not enough cooks in that kitchen that know how to cook, you know, one or the other, you know. Oh, man, I tell you, I'd, I'd, I'd love to go back to the, the days of uh, when when guys really lived their gimmicks, you know. Um, while there was only one Wagyu McDaniel. There was one Ole Anderson. Everybody looked different. Everybody had their own persona that wasn't necessarily crafted by some, you know, comic book writer or soap opera writer backstage. Um, and, and I think that's why the fans really loved that era of wrestling and really appreciated what these guys did. And, you know, that's another reason you see at these reunions and when these uh, you know old legends come out that their fans are just you know after all of these years the fans love these guys because of what they they provided for so many years and, and it wasn't sports entertainment it was wrestling i mean and it it was oh yeah and they protected their identity and i say protected the business yeah and they uh they upheld the ostensible uh, propriety of it you know and uh you never find any of those old farts back in the day, my dad included, you know, that ever. Of course not. Ever would be acknowledging, you know, it was, it was uh, unthinkable or, you know, something they couldn't bring themselves to do, admitting to a mark that it was, you know. No way, that would have never happened. I mean, guys protected the business so much. That, oh, yeah. You remember the, a lot of the guys wore hoods back in the day. They would uh, they would leave the arena in the hood, and maybe they'd pull it off thirty miles out of town. But well, they would never let the 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 fans see see them without a, a mask. I mean, they would never betray the profession. Uh, and you I, see I guys fraternizing all. The, I mean, it, oh, it's a show now. But I mean, you know, you. You see guys doing movies together. You see guys on talk shows together. Um, there's, I guess, what I want in the business a little bit. I still want to hold on to a little suspension of disbelief, just a little bit. You know, every, I, I used to see that up until a few years ago. I remember, and this is probably seven or eight years ago now, but I saw a match on on Raw with um, with with. Uh, Triple H and Ric Flair, and I think Hunter was the champion, and Rick had him on the ropes, and you know he was coming so close. But for a, just a minute there, some of that old school guys that those, some of the old school prowess that those guys still had was displayed for you know just one match on TV, and it made you feel, hey, this is how it, this is how it used to feel, this is how it used to be. I guess I want to see a glimpse of that every once in a while on 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 WWE television. And I th- I think the fans 
would love nothing better. You know, uh, I don't, I don't honestly know as a fan how the hell I could watch it if I was uh, constantly told over and over before I went in there that, uh, oh, by the way, this is all at work. This is all bullshit. Yeah. This is all, you know. Yep. It, it's like somebody going to church and somebody uh, saying, oh, by the way, you know, the, the preacher, the whatever, pastor or whatever is, uh, you know, <laughs> all at work and it's all, you know, and uh, it's all, you know. Oh, sort of defeat the, uh, destroy the experience uh, there. Yeah, and, you know, it's like telling us a little kiddo, you know, from one-year-old, Santa Claus is all the work. And it's all that's, that's a great analogy. I mean, it's the same thing with wrestling now. You know, they may as well run credits at the end of the show saying, uh, uh, you know, so-and-so play, you know, Bray, uh, Bray Wyatt, uh, you know, portrayed, <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, in the, uh, or, you know, Wyndham Rotundo playing the part of Bray Wyatt and just run a list of scripts just like in a in a movie but even in even in good movies and good soap operas you still are drawn into it you know you still you know it's a show and you know these people are just playing roles but you're sucked into it you're emotionally invested into what you're watching that's what WWE needs to recapture somehow you know cut the bunny stuff out I mean, if you want to market for kids, have another show. Have a Saturday morning show or something. Oh. But don't put it on the main, you know, oh, your yeah. prime time show of the week. Don't 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 do that silly nonsense. You know, and oh. and you go from something very serious supposedly, you know, you have this period where somebody is injured like every week. Oh, it's a sit and you know the 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 announcers clam up, you know, they're they're silent. Oh, this is something really bad. He is seriously injured, and then you come on, you know, thirty seconds later with the bunny backstage, or some some divas, stupid uh, you skit, know, you know, where you got the divas, and uh, it's just it's just nonsense. I mean, it takes you right out of the moment. It it, it destroys it, it destroys that moment for a fan. I I might sound like I'm really delusional or living in the past, but I. I... I think they almost need to go back to where you're, uh, you know, not not disclosing everything in advance on uh, every uh, social media and, you know, telling people six months in advance who's going over, who's dropping a belt or who's winning a belt or what the main event at WrestleMania is six months before, you know. I yeah. Think, uh, yeah. You know, the, Wrestling's been uh, perceived by cynics to be uh, a work or whatever for a hundred years. So you know, it's like uh, it's not like uh, contrary to some people's you know perception. Vince <laughs> right. wasn't the first guy to expose or blow the whistle or whatever the cliche is. You know, so it, no, the cat was out of the bag way before. Yeah, and if people uh, chose to not believe it, or if they wanted to believe uh, in heaven and hell, or whatever the hell, you know, there's, uh, you know, they're free to, you know. And if I was uh, them, I'd go back to playing my cards close to the best. Uh, and I'm amused lately too. Like it seems to be, you know, they almost seem like they're afraid to 
have heels and faces or like yes, uh, yeah you, you really you know you don't from week to week i'm not really sure if some of these guys are heels i don't know if bray wyatt is a heel i mean he 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 does i don't know he's a heel i think big shows uh and oh. so many of them have switched so many times Wait. that uh yeah. I, you know i don't even know what the hell you're supposed to read like these guys like Mark Henry and Henry, Jay, yes, Big Show, and, uh, you know, uh, Dolph, Dolph's been heel and face and Cody and Dustin. And uh, I think, the, as I said before, the only guy who hasn't officially switched, and he's probably the most hated guy in there is Cena, you know. And, uh, but everyone yeah, else Cena. <laughs> yeah, been a, a face or a heel or a heel or a face and... There used to be uh, an adage when I was booking, you know, the only time you ever switched a guy was, you know, uh, when he was either at his peak as a heel, then he oh, heck yeah, the face, or if he was at his peak as a face and he double, you know. But uh, they got all these guys who were, you know, lukewarm, limp dick, you know, uh, and they're not even, and like Ryback or some of them, and they switch them, you know, and it's almost like, Barely any reaction, you know. Why switch? There's so many guys. Remember, usually a guy really, you know, heavily involved in in a program or a guy on top got switched for the to create the maximum effect. You know, oh, big yeah. crowds uh, want to see. He had you know, to have everything really uh, well laid out, and he would pull some unthinkably dastardly double cross on his partner or something and uh people would hate his guts or you'd have some heel who was the uh most diabolical despised turn face for and, and then you'd have some situation that and uh and it would kind of uh get a huge reaction but uh nowadays you know i if i miss the show for a couple of weeks and i'll, I'll watch some guy and i Perceived him to be a face, and somebody will say, "Oh, he switched. He you turned. He'll now, you know, or like, oh, oh, you know, he's a member of this faction now." Or and sometimes you don't even know if he, you don't know when he turned, how he turned, why he turned. He's just all of a sudden because he's teaming with somebody. Okay, oh, he yeah. must have. He must have turned. There, there's not even a logical reason to explain it. No, it's like watching the the Bella Twins. They made that charade uh, a while back, where they, they had some big split or something like. Yes. Uh, now, now they're uh, you back know, again to get no yeah, reason and, though. All of a sudden, and there, there wasn't even any uh, explanation or anything. It was just sort of oh, now Nikki or the one that didn't get a boob job supporting the <laughs> other one now or something like that. You know, it's like whatever you know, but uh, yeah, but. But yeah, and we're not I mean, making you know that's what's so sad. We're not making this stuff up. This is actually WWE television. Yeah, and it, uh, yeah. The thing that intrigues me more than anything is that uh, you know, you, know, you figure they would have to be you know be more acutely aware of this stuff than anyone. You know, they're the guys. Uh, Thank doing it. You know. I, I know when we were promoting out here, you know, uh, you were acutely aware of the consequences of everything you did. You know, you were uh, constantly uh, 
monitoring it, you know, the biggest indicator of whether it was getting over or not was how many asses in the seats you had or, you know, that, that kind of thing, you know. So you had to constantly be, uh, if, if you were yeah. making bad decisions, you know, it, it was pretty evident quite, uh, quite quickly that, you know, it was uh, not getting over and you had to change, you know. But I can't figure out how they can't figure that out, you know, like, uh, absolutely. Yeah. Truly it's it's mind boggling. The, the crowds of the, uh, the number of hits online or, uh, you know, their buy rates or something should be, I, uh, pretty, uh, evident, but, uh, I don't yep, know. Proof's in the pudding and we've seen that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, there's not too much, uh, flavor in that pudding right now. Oh, no, me. no, it, it certainly isn't. Yeah, I, I don't know if it, it seems like you see any other sport. Uh, if, if a team's going 0 and 16, or they're you know that you know, it's usually uh, heads rolling and that kind of thing, you know. But uh, doesn't seem to be. Uh, the no, they're a monopoly. Yeah, they're a monopoly, and they're just gonna you know do the status quo, and um, probably not going to see many major changes as long as they're you know, barely making their numbers and uh, trying to expand the product worldwide, I think that's, you know, a big thing for them, you know, to put the product in, in areas where it hasn't been exposed as much and, and make money off the international brand. Oh, it's, it's almost an anomaly or kind of a contradiction. <laughs> it's like everything else, but... Uh... It's like we were saying before that they're going twenty four seven when they have fewer wrestlers and yeah. all this other, and they're trying to go international when they have virtually no <laughs> international. You know, they have yeah. no, nobody from Europe or Africa or Asia. Or, you know, they got no none of these token Japanese guys or no English. There's the one Indian guy they got rid of recently, Kali. So yeah, thankfully, you know, it's like. Uh, cutting off yeah. a hemorrhoid or something like that, but uh, you know. they only had him because of India. You know the market over there, and uh, yeah, I don't know how that market is going now. But he was the one guy that they would send over to do promotional work and everything like that. And but you know they don't have a, a they don't have an abundance of Asian guys, Mexican guys, all of the oh. markets that they're interested in. Um, yeah, you know, I know. Gonna... If you were going to do any business in any of those countries, uh, what you need to do, uh, you, uh, if it was any other sport, you actually got to start planting the seeds at the grassroots. If you're going to yeah. try to sell NFL football in Africa or some damn thing, maybe yeah. Uh, yeah. you start having some NFL guys go over there and get some Pop Warner leagues going and you know, introduce them to how to throw and kick and pass and run and all this stuff, you know, but, uh, but there's no network, uh, there's no, uh, small promotions or anything like that going on in any of those places. Nope. So I don't, I don't know how the hell, if, if I was trying to, you know, bring ice hockey to, you know, Ethiopia or something like that, I'd maybe build a, <laughs> hockey rink over there and you know start uh if so inclined you know or something but uh, or i'd bring some uh guys who are 
politically uh, either, uh, you know, despised or loved or whatever. It's something you got to, you know, incorporate some of those things, you know. But, but yeah, it, it seems to be typical, you know, like they... Uh, and they shouldn't need two hacks like us to be uh, telling these, you know, geniuses uh, how to run their business. You know, you figure that they would uh, know all those things already. You know, I don't know. If, you know, sure. but yeah, it, it's kind of a strange time where you got all these uh, things that you know seem like they're tailor made to propagate and market this stuff and yet the uh the product itself is you know possibly the worst it's ever been you know like uh oh. it's like a global epidemic of jack pfeffer you know on on acid or something like that <laughs> <laughs> that's great <laughs> something like that you know like i remember when i was a kid you'd hear about all these uh Right-wing promotions like uh, Nick Goulas and Jack Pfeffer and uh, oh, yeah. some of those guys, you know, it was kind of like the, uh, you know, the uh, lunatic fringe of wrestling. <laughs> and, yeah, like, you know, the guy booking the guys is Bruno Sam Martino and Hobo Brazil. Yeah. and Hobo Brazil and, uh, you know, uh, Luquez. And, uh, Luquez, <laughs> yes, right. Yeah, and, uh, yeah this is... Uh, not not too much. Uh, it's maybe not even as uh, amusing as that. You know? <laughs> yeah, that uh, that rabbit and Adam Rose uh, and Sir Jack Pfeffer would maybe even be. I'm not yeah, he sure. might like that gimmick. Yeah, I mean he'd maybe be going oh, that's a bit too far out for me. You know, I'm not sure if I <laughs> can uh, advocate. Yeah, that, and you know, you but know. those guys were always sort of localized. They were just very regional at best. And oh, they were. You know, sort of a carnival-like tour. As a, you know, despite all the other old farts at that time, he's almost going out of his way to. Piss yeah, off. the outlaw, you know, want to do something yeah. different, but you know, for the most part, I mean, wrestling was a well-governed body of territories, and they all abided by the same general rules. You know, you get a few, you get a few rebels every once in a while, but they pretty much, you know, walked a, a, a very straight line, and uh, they went by the same rules and you know what worked uh, what worked in one oh, territory they to, if, they, if they hadn't they wouldn't have uh, yeah they, they would be yeah. extinct they, um, yeah they would have gone down the tube like a you know down a, down the toilet like a big turd you know and, <laughs> but, but now we have that as the, the status quo well, we have yeah, that as the, like the toilet is plugged right now <laughs> yeah we need a figurative plunger in uh, Really? Uh, I mean, that's true. A rotor rooter, uh, an enema or something, whatever the thing. Yeah, and, and, you know, it's it's not like we want to we want to bash the the product and everything. I mean, I, I, no, I would hope I, it, would as, it would be as successful and entertaining as possible. But I mean, there are just so many things that are hard to explain. You know, here's the the really the the only the only show in town. I mean, it's, it's a monopoly and can't they, can't they present a more entertaining product than, than what they put out there every week? 
I, I'm just yeah, baffled. I've, I've long, I don't have an answer. I've long wondered if there was, you know, I think back in the day when there was other promotions and stuff, to a certain degree it uh, compelled you to, uh, you know, kind of do better. You know, it's like that old saying, uh, power corrupts and absolute power <laughs> corrupts absolutely. And absolutely, yes. It's pretty much... At that level, there's no checks and balances to, uh, you know, kind of even sustain it. You know, it's like the balance of nature has been all perverted to where there's no caribou left for the wolves to eat. So now they're eating themselves or some (laughs) fucked up thing like that. (laughs) Yeah, you know, I miss miss the, the, the matches. I miss the classics. I miss the Funks and Briscoe, the Flare Steamboat. Um, oh yeah, that it it used to. Uh, I know, you know, from having been in it, uh, it it caused you to kind of you have to up your game to uh, you know, because um, the fans would be hearing about something that was you know getting over strong in Fern Gun yeah. territory or you know something like that. So. It, you know, they were constantly kind of raising the bar, and we had a lot of guys in Stampede that were kind of part of that. Were guys like Dynamite and Davey and uh, yeah, yeah, back in the day that were taking it to new levels, and uh, I, all of a sudden you'd see other promotions trying to copy our stuff, but uh, it was it was healthy, you know. It sort of like was spreading the gospel, you know, and. Uh, yep. Right now, there's no, uh, doesn't seem to be anything being spread. And one of the other problems is all these, you know, so called indie promotions or whatever. The biggest mistake I see so many of them making is instead of striving to be a compelling alternative, they're all trying to be a half assed copy. Yes. The big fatal flaw most of them make is they, uh, go out and spend, you know, thousands of dollars bringing in some worn-out, <laughs> recycled, burnt-out, coked-out, fucked-out <laughs> old uh, retreads that uh, got fired uh, four or five years ago after his gimmick had worn thin anyway. And, uh, you know, and they bring that guy in and have him... Unbelievable. You know, yeah, and it's like, uh, you know... It's no wonder there's no traction with any of these. Uh, you know, and, 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 and none of them uh, have the uh, stones to try to be different. You know, I, I know back in the day in Stampede, you know, I was almost bound to determined with guys like Pillman and Owen and Benoit and uh, yeah. Bulldogs and guys like that to be. It's almost like uh, I want you guys to be the antithesis of Hulk Hogan or. Ultimate Warrior, whatever you know, we're gonna yeah. you know, go down fighting anyway. You're not gonna. I'm not. Last thing I want to be is uh, having a bunch of Jack Pfeffer <laughs> stuff, right? Yeah, exactly. And uh, that was why those guys got over because they were and it used to be that way in Japan, but they don't know. They're you know, they don't know what's going on over there anymore. But if any of those indie promotions are ever gonna sustain themselves or rise above anything they need to uh chart a new course not be a 
you know, a kind of a cheap imitation. Copy or a, a poor copy of, of... Yeah, and uh, it seems like they're all trying to do that. You know, they're all doing the high spots and the gimmicks. And I, I, yeah. I always used to tell them the high spot ceases to be high spot. Yeah. All you're doing is high spots, you know. It's like somebody speaking and using... You know, every sentence has an exclamation point at the end of it, and after exactly, all, you know, if you know if you're not uh, actually uh, sustaining with some something rational and plausible from the get-go, then the exclamation points and all the other don't mean fuck all anyway. You know, everybody's trying to get their stuff in. You know, no matter what matches, it's an opener or the yeah. main event. Everybody wants to get their stuff in. Everybody wants to do the high spots. And you know it's a bad indie show when it, when somebody in the audience has a better belt than the cha- one of the champions uh, actually wrestling <laughs> on the show. Yeah. At some point, uh, you can't have the inmates running the asylum or the tail wagging the dog or whatever, you know. Yeah. That's, I think the gist of what we've been saying for most of the show is at some point uh, – the powers that be in the WWE, are, they're the ones that got to uh, take they the They have to dictate the things. And, yeah. you know, at some point somebody's going to say, well, I don't think we need Adam Rose and the entourage, you know, uh, following yeah. some serious angle, or I don't think maybe we need to have uh, yeah. divas every night. You know, they have all these things like back in the day, in our, in our day, uh yeah. You have midgets come in or girls maybe once a year. Yeah, yeah, special attraction. One week, two weeks at a time, and uh, maybe that was that. But if you had girls every two, every show after, no, oh. they cease to mean anything. Or midgets or Andre the Giant or McGuire twins or whatever. If you, got, you know, those those special attractions did mean something every blue moon when you brought them in. Oh. That made it. Made it more exactly. special. You'd bring in the midgets at uh, you know Christmas holidays or something. There was some, but uh, if they're on every damn week, you know it's like uh, you know, they wear thin real quick. And I think that's the case even with Vinny and that. You know, like I don't think uh, you know, especially with nowadays the divas. Uh, most of them can't wrestle to save their lives anyway. Yet they're on every damn week, you know. So oh my God, know. that's that's uh, the divas division is probably as bad as I've ever seen it. Yeah, uh, it's like there's virtually no wrestling, and uh, you know, if and when there is any, it's usually so damned uh, interspersed with it's, bullshit. It's hard to that, watch. That uh, you know, it means nothing, you know. And uh, but I can't fathom how they. Uh, don't understand that themselves. So, you know, this is like, uh, it's like I said, it's mind boggling. I wish I had an answer. Yeah. I know back in the day, uh, you'd have all the old farts, uh, schooling you about, uh, you know, all the kind of stuff that we've been talking about. The high spots cease to be high spots. If all you're doing is high spots or if you're having a damn cage match every week, you know, uh, ceases to mean anything or if you got a swerve finish and a right, ref right. every every match or you got a you know and a little goes a long way you know and that that's why stuff like that would get heat if you 
had every sure. and now and then some kind of a situation that demanded a cage match or demanded a no DQ or a ladder or something. Then, then uh, at that point, it meant something. But you're just having a whole card of tables, ladders, chairs, and you got the Divas oh, every yeah. week, or you got the midget and the other midget with the horns on. and The bull, the burrito, yeah. or whatever. And horns yeah, wobble. Well, yeah, like Sky Lolo and Little Beaver and those guys are like ten times like the workers that any of these guys. I got yeah. Look at the look at the troop they had back then. Little Beaver, Sky Lolo, Irish Jackie, Fuzzy Cupid, Lord Littlebrook. I mean, a whole whole troop of just great workers yeah. and great entertainers. And I mean, these guys knew how to wrestle too. They could as wrestle good as, as good as they were. You could only bring them in uh, once a year for a couple of weeks. You know, if you had them every damn week, you know, they would have ceased to mean anything. You know, if you got the damn San Diego Chicken uh, doing his oh, yeah, for 162 games a year by the about the hundredth game, the fans would be saying, "Get that idiot out of here! I can't take any more of him." Or uh, you know the uh, you know the Crazy George, or whatever the hell you know. Like he, you it's, know. it's all common sense things, you know. It's not even uh, just uh, in wrestling. Oh, yeah. it, absence makes the heart grow fonder. You know, that's oh, a yeah. saying. You go to, uh, and that's that's the part that perplexes me more than anything is that uh, they should know that. They should know that better than we do. You know, they're the would, ones monitoring it. They're the ones who uh, have been. It's their livelihood. You would think they yeah. would do things that would enhance their product. Oh, you'd figure. You know, I, I know all this. You know, I hope I don't sound like I'm some kind of living in the past old fart or whatever. But no, no, no. Simple no. rules. You know, like uh, whatever the hell you do, have a reason. You know, and uh, yeah. which makes perfect sense. You know, like. If you're gonna have a damn ladder match or something, there should be some ostensible build up and pretext to it to where the fans when you finally announce we're gonna have a ladder match, the fans are going, Yes, you know. Nowadays yeah. it's like, uh, you have a whole card of ladder oh, matches yeah. or something like uh, between uh, guys I, I completely don't understand that. And and that's not just WWE. I know T N A had a certain pay-per-view every year where, you know, it was all gimmick matches like ladders and tables and or every match was a cage match or whatever. But, I mean, that defeats the whole purpose of, of having a special sort of gimmick match. The, the, the purpose is having a gimmick match between, you know, two different uh, teams or guys and with, uh, you know, a blow-off, uh, you know, the, the end of a feud and that was the reason behind that particular match. Not to just have everybody on a show, you know, wrestle in the tables, ladders, and chairs, and the next one wrestles the same way. I mean, I don't I don't see the, I don't get the reasoning behind that, just throwing it out there. No, and that's uh, the critical thing is uh, the reasoning behind it was the only thing that made it an attraction in the old mm-hmm. days. You know, like, if there wasn't some kind of a... In the old days, it was pretty subtle. It was you build these angles. I remember that you, you probably remember stuff down in Carolina. They'd build something for 
six months between a flare and a steamboat or something like that, and uh, with the blow-off being, uh, you know, a cage or a loser leaves town or the, some st- such stipulation that was tied into Jack it. Canadian lumberjack match or Texas and, tornado match, you know, Texas death match, all of the big, the the big stipulation bouts. When you finally uh, announced that the match was happening, the people would be, uh, you know, spunking because they uh, had been you've been planting the seeds for that long, and then finally fans go, yes, you know, we finally going to have the big whatever between these two guys. But nowadays, yeah. it's, uh, and I can't figure out how they. You know, I, they should know that more than anyone. You know, it's you know it's what it was all about back in the day. You know, and um, nowadays I'm <laughs> I'm amused with the they'll have like uh, the angle and the stipulation and the whole thing all on the same show. You know, like uh, and yeah. we're gonna end up having a cage match. Uh, you know, they shot the angle at earlier part of the show and. Uh, and we're going to have the cage match next match or something like that. And you're going like, whoa, you know. Like... Or the old standby that they used last week, the bait and switch with uh, Chris Angle, I mean, Chris Jericho, you know, setting up a match yeah. with, with Paul Heyman, which, you know, might be something worthwhile seeing if it actually happened. But fans are, are conditioned to know now that, now something's going to happen and, and that that match isn't going to take place. Back in the old day, that was a big seller. I mean, you would love, fans would pay good money to see a match like that. And the promoters would deliver. Oh, yeah. You know, if you promised you that match, you were going to see that match. I was amused when they made out like they were, uh, you know, eliciting fan response to this whatever that they finally wanted the cage match. So it's an empty cage dangling <laughs> up the ceiling all night. All right. You know, I, oh, I, I, I found myself saying, uh, "Am I the only idiot who's uh, <laughs> seeing something wrong with this, or is it? Uh, you know, are they are they that desensitized? Do they have their heads so far up their asses that they? Uh, <laughs> it's like uh, I found myself saying, uh, "We got the damn cage, you know, it's already ready. there. You know, it's not like uh, just miraculously appeared after they voted for it or something, but." You know, and then they bring it down, and and yet you're still diluting the marks that they maybe had something saying. Yeah, the whole thing didn't make. You know, I found myself saying, "Is it? Is it just me, or am I the only one who's (laughs) a cynic, or you know?" They're trying to improve a lot of people's intelligence, not just yours. So yeah, you you constantly. I keep trying to figure out how how they can't see this, you know, or maybe they don't want to see it, or they're, but or maybe it's not even important enough. Maybe it's just an afterthought, and uh, you know, we we yeah. don't care what fans think anymore. We're going to do what we want to do. Hey, that's pretty cool. We'll have a cage. We'll put up a cage, and that'll get a number. I don't see many good numbers. Hey, do you remember Bruce when the old days when we used to have? Uh, they you before cage it was fence matches. Do you remember that? Oh, you remember the, uh, barbed wire and you had um, the fence. You know, used to get like a a company like Sears and Roebuck or somebody to come up and actually construct the cage before the oh, before yeah. the match. There was this sort of uh, 
evolution too when you had these uh I remember back in the territories where you, you only had a crew of maybe 14 guys or something so you had to be judicious in how you uh kind of uh kept bringing them back but the cage was kind of like the final blow off and at that point if and when you had a cage you had to have some kind of uh consequence a guy would leave the territory or some such yeah. thing but it was usually the culmination like yes. maybe you have you know finally the match and then it would be a no DQ and then it would be a lumberjack and then it would maybe uh, and then yeah because the guy the couldn't cage. leave in a cage that was sort of the ultimate thing you couldn't yeah. get out there was going to be a yeah. winner had to be a winner yeah and I, I'm even more intrigued that nowadays it's so ass backwards that the guy who flees the cage is the winner like they have a effing door you know and, and the old you know how are, hard is it i mean I, I know we really have to suspend disbelief on this one but how hard is it actually for the guy just to walk out of the ring when he's got yeah. the other guy down and knocked yeah. out and he decides not just to walk out of the ring and win the match well and in my day and guys like Stu were there you know it cost more to put a door on, on the cage so they sort of like screw that you know but uh yeah cut corners there, right there was there was no uh no reason to have a door on it the only the only reason for a cage and it still should be that way is to keep the two guys in the damn cage so uh one guy you know you're going to have some resolution one guy's going to win and that and that's that but that yeah yeah so perverted that uh you know you're rewarded for escaping from it. Which, for losing, you know, yes. And that's Backward. the only reason why you're in there, so you can't escape. You know? But it's, That's right. Uh, and I can't figure out how they can't fathom that, you know. And uh, and when I saw that, uh, as I said before, that TLC thing, I found myself, like, at one point I was looking, and there was like, like 50 ladders in uh <laughs> And the chairs and the stairs and the uh, canes and the sticks. And, oh. uh, and, I, and I was like, uh, you know, I don't even know how you can, you know, the fans must have been so desensitized, like as bad as it was on the, uh, watching it on TV, I can only imagine the abortion. How it was there. And, you know, with ladders and shit obstructing your view and, uh, you know, and uh, all this other, it's like uh, and half of the uh, the ringside seating area was yes. uh, occupied by ladders and craps. I'm going like, uh, they must have, you know, uh, had to uh, cut their ringside seating area in half to accommodate all the bullshit, which seems counterproductive, but I found myself... And, you know, we didn't need all of those... You know, they spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on props and stuff like that. Remember yeah. back in the day, all you needed was maybe one prop a show, like uh, like a, 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 a hickory cane or a canteen or, oh, yeah. you know, something yeah, that was... simple could create so much heat. Oh, yeah, there was... Uh... Only uh, out of uh, you know out of the blue once in a while where you have a damned uh, like a candlestick or you know uh, yeah yeah we we invented the damn ladder match up here you know and I, I was watching right it, in like, Calgary uh, yeah it's like uh, at no point was <laughs> if if I had been booking and 
I, I had a uh, hundred ladders under the ring, and I was sort of, sort of, sort of wonder what was going on.
they don't even know whether they've had it or whether they've even. Oh, no, you know, you wouldn't know. That's a good analogy, oh, too. Yeah. But at some point, you have to have a voice of sanity, a voice of reasoning, and there is none, apparently. Yeah, which is uh, amazing given all the, uh, you know, the, I, I often wonder, like, uh, when they're hatching this stuff, you know, I assume that they spend way more time than we ever did in the old days, you know, uh, concocting and conspiring and planning and all this other, you know, you'd figure that there would be a lot more kind of structure and, you know, taking into consideration the the consequences of some of the prelim matches and all this other, you know. Instead, there seems to be virtually no kind of uh, method to the madness, even though I believe they spend hours, you know, coming up with all this contrived, uh, yeah. you know, and uh, I, I can't figure out, like, at some point you'd figure that somebody would say, uh, oh, if we're doing this, maybe we shouldn't be doing that, you know, if we're going to such lengths to make them believe something yeah. with Roman Reigns and uh, Seth Rollins or whatever, maybe, I'm not sure if we need to have Hornswoggle and Alberito on, you know, or yeah. the... Uh, the Bella Twins doing something, or the damned, uh, you know, uh, that other uh, Damien and uh, Miz uh, doing whatever the hell they're doing, Dumb and Dumber, or whatever the hell, you know. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I keep always saying, am I the only one seeing this? Or, you know, is it, you know, maybe, maybe I'm missing some... Brilliant, you know, new wave. You no, know, I don't think you are, age. Bruce. But yeah, it, it's like, uh, why the hell would you, you know, like, in the old days, you maybe had about as much comic relief as uh, you know, maybe the Bushwhackers doing a little bit of, uh, but it didn't really uh, compromise the other stuff. But uh, nowadays, it's like. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm amused now where they actually have the uh, the, the mixing of the uh, the farce and the serious. Like uh, when I saw it the other day with that cane pile driving the bunny rabbit, you know, oh. and, uh, and even oh. more intrigued, like they're all heels. You know, they're not even. I, I don't know. I don't know who's a heel and who's a face anymore. And the entourage and Adam Rose sucking on a, a lollipop like it's something he got out of a, you know. A, sex store or some damn thing and then he's uh you know being piled driven by Kane who's a villain and then the bunny rabbit who's up to this point you know uh-huh. yeah yeah kind of a, a lover's tiff with Adam Rose is now getting <laughs> pile driven as well and then uh you know and that's like uh-huh. uh, at, uh at, at the end of it all I, I found myself on uh what was the point of that? Or am I supposed to be wanting? To yeah. What 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 emotion are you supposed to have? You know, what is that supposed yeah. to do to you as a as a viewer? I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure. clamoring for the bunny rabbit now to fight Kane or Adam Rose to uh, oh. you know, uh, join forces and fight yeah. Mike in, in Big Show or like uh, <laughs> maybe El Burrito <laughs> and uh, Hornswoggle are gonna fight the battle yeah. or something like. That. But. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's all pep.
Pavlovian or it used to be uh, perceived to be as such. You, uh, you know, get the the hen to peck the button and it gets the uh, the seat. Yeah, yeah. It's all like that with the fans. You gotta you sort of induce uh, them if he, you know, you give them this stimulus and then and they're gonna get. It. Nowadays, you <laughs> got uh, all these different stimuli and all this, you know. Yeah. And, seed or they get a turd or whatever the hell's coming out of there, you know, and then uh, after they've even got it, they're not sure what, you know, and I, I find myself saying, you know, it was actually a lot simpler than they seem to think, you know, it was probably, uh, you know, went on pretty straightforward for years, you know, and, uh, and, yep. and now they're just sort of completely... Uh, thrown all that out the window and it's just sort of like this uh you know kind of hodgepodge of uh whatever i i, I don't even know what word whatever it is to describe it you know uh aberration or an abortion <laughs> or, uh, <laughs> yeah I, it's hard to explain bruce i mean it's just like i said it's really difficult as someone who covers a business to uh to really try to explain this to, to fans because, uh, like I said, I've been around for a long time and I, I don't get a lot of it. I, I, I just, I, I really don't. I, I don't understand. Uh, there's no rhyme nor reason. And, uh, and it, it, it makes it. Is, uh, I, I, from having been on the inside a bit, uh, most of the boys don't. You know, they have that old uh, horses. Not to reason why ours is but to do and tie, you know, they just, just kind of yeah. go go out there and uh you know I would venture to say uh the majority of them don't don't have a clue why they they're doing what they're doing and uh they're afraid to even question it because they probably get fired. You know, if they, uh, ask, yep. they why are why are you uh having me uh <laughs> you know, this you know, so they just kind of uh ours is but to do and die go out and uh and uh the odd one like CM Punk or whatever, you know, and I'm sure he's questioning it more because of his personal issues than professional, you know, but uh but yeah, it's um intriguing, you know. To say the least. Yeah. I'm not sure if we got any other. Uh, it's told we had a few other people coming on here. Uh, oh, okay. Well, we've had such a good time chatting. I know we do this quite uh, often. But, uh, but, I don't. Yeah. I don't know if we solved any of wrestling's current problems, but no. uh, we we certainly yeah. brought a few to light, and I, and I don't think it's a surprise to anyone. Yeah, I, I, I don't think we uh, added to the problem. <laughs> no, we certainly didn't add to it. Yeah. Leave that up to WWE and the powers that be. We do have Evan Ginsberg on the line. I can bring him on for you, Bruce. Oh, great. He's uh, another enlightened authority, so I'd love to hear him. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, you know, when you watch enough grumpy cats and giant bunny rabbits, you become very enlightened, you know. it's uh, How are you guys? <laughs> hey, hey, Evan. Yeah, great to have you, Evan. I apologize oh, for uh, hogging the uh, the mic here. I, 
Um, I was I was enjoying listening to you two because you were pretty much saying word for word what I was thinking. So, uh, you know, did did you have any other perspectives or anything that uh, you wanted to add? uh, Yeah, I think um, I think that table ladders and shares pay-per-view with the exception of the uh, Dolph Ziggler opener. It was like the seventh sign of the apocalypse. It was, it was, oh, yeah. uh, it, was it, it was just so insanely overbooked and ridiculous that it crossed over into cartoonish, where you just oh, sat yeah. there and go, "It's an insult to your intelligence." You I know. found it was like I was maybe uh, at a restaurant and I maybe already had not a bad meal watching Dolph and Luke Harper, and I was, my appetite was almost satisfied then. After that, I was just having, you know, <laughs> shit shoved down my throat by the end. It's like, ugh, you know, gagging. And yeah, it, it, always, and, it, always, it always makes sense to put on the best match first so everything else pales in comparison. I, I don't get it. I just don't get it. It's, it's, like the, it's like they turned everything upside down where I guess if you're a TV writer and not a wrestling booker, it all makes sense to them. It's like uh, it's like administrators think differently than workers, you know, uh, in, in, in the business world. And it's kind of like, I guess, these TV writers are just looking at everything totally different because it doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, I, I don't even know who these, uh, it's like the black hole or whatever the hell, the Wizard of Oz or something. These yeah. people that are concocting this stuff. Like, uh, I know back in the day, uh, you'd figure that, Vinny or somebody that was, uh, you know, had, you know, creative autonomy would step in and say, okay, uh, you know, we can't have this because it uh, completely uh, negates whatever we're getting out of that, you know, but it seemed like it just kept going on and on and on. And Well, the, what's interesting, what's interesting to me is they refer to it as sports entertainment, but like you guys were saying, you know, when you have a giant bunny rabbit, I, I mean, is it supposed to be funny? Is it supposed to be exciting? Is it, I, I, you know, it's not entertaining. It's it, it's oh, yeah. sports entertainment, but it's just stupid. Oh yeah, I don't know what the. In, in my day, there used to be a little bit of subtle symbolism. So if you had something, there was maybe something attached to it. Like, uh, but I don't even know what a bunny rabbit symbolizes you know i don't even know what it you know it's there's no preconception or connotation with a bunny rabbit or a guy sucking a lollipop or a midget with a bull outfit on or a, you know, yes. you know, what, what does it all mean it's like a fellini movie <laughs> yeah yeah it's like something like that you know and uh and and see, I, I'm intrigued how they intersperse this kind of quasi mortal combat, hardcore violence, and all that other. You know, I don't know. They feel compelled to have comic relief because uh, they think, you know, the people need a dose of, of something amusing or what the hell. I can't imagine like you're watching the damn Die Hard movie or one of these uh, real, uh, you know, violent. Uh, Type things and then having a Pee Wee Herman or uh, exactly like that. the other thing. 
the other thing I was thinking as I was watching it was WWE put out a statement, uh, how much they care about the health of their wrestlers after CM Punk did the uh, whole interview with Cole Cabana. And I'm watching this and I'm saying to myself, nothing indicates caring about your employees more than having them tossed off of huge ladders. Okay. <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't get it. I don't get it. You know, the steel stairs are having somebody's head put between the two stairs and somebody bringing the other set of stairs down and the guy moving or something like that. But, you know, it's like, and then, and then they're all, they're all banged up. They're all bruised up. And then they're, then they're on Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night. I go, yeah, it seems like a very deep caring about the employees here, you know? Yeah, as I was saying before, you know, the the only thing missing when I watched that TLC was uh, there was no wrestling on the whole. There, there was no, uh, you know, they had every conceivable high spot and uh, prop and smashing and violence and death-defying and all like that. But I don't think I saw one actual uh, element of wrestling. I don't think anyone actually grabbed the hold or had somebody in like a headlock or a full Nelson. Exactly. Exactly. Um, it was, it was an absolute circus. And what I always find interesting on the internet is, uh, if you give even a mixed review to a WWE pay-per-view, all these fans rise in indignation, you know, they get angry at you. Like, uh, you know, like somehow it's all sacred scripture and you're sacrilege or something like that. Yeah. It's like sacrilege uh, that, that you're critiquing a, a, yeah, you're critiquing a billion dollar uh, corporation and, uh, I, you know, I, I don't quite get it. I really, I, I think we, I think we're too old for this. It's over our heads at this point, you know. Oh, I think you're right, Evan. I, I think you hit it right. We're, we're obviously too old for this stuff, right? Yeah, because yeah, uh, long since you know, uh, lost perspective, or I'm not up <laughs> on the new wave implications or something, you know, like. Uh, yeah, and, and what Bruce was saying was, if you ha- back in the old days, if you had a steel cage match, that was the culmination of this intense, violent feud, and it meant something. And now, even the cage means nothing. You know, inevitably, there's some oh. kind of you know screw job finish. Thing before is they defeat the whole purpose of the cage by having the little door and getting. And, you know, the only reason why you had a damn cage in the in the first place was. So there was no escape, so you'd have a finish in the middle and some resolution or there was going to finally be, uh, you know, the shit hits the fan or, you know, this is, uh, and, and that that ceases to be the case and the cage is now, you know, you get uh, guys coming in from the top and the, going out the door and coming in and coming in from underneath yeah. and like the whole thing is... Uh, kind of a, an anomaly to me but and just uh and, and and not and not to just sound like three old guys living in the past i watched the nxt live show several nights later and they had some beautiful wrestling i mean they actually wrestled you know yes. sammy zane sammy zane and uh neville uh that, that was a, a tremendous match and it was wrestling it was it was almost like you couldn't imagine the same company put out those two shows. Yeah. It used to be a saying uh, that uh, I remember when I was breaking in that 
the wrestling sets up everything else. Like they use the old football analogy, the run sets up the pass, but the wrestling sets up the high spots or it sets up the stipulation matches or whatever else. And I think WWE needs to revisit that, you know, because if you don't have any wrestling to set up all the other, then uh, as my dad used to say, if if it's all high spots, then it ceases to be high spots, you know. And that's pretty much... I found myself, it was like an overdose of that TLC, but that's all I saw was uh, by the end, you know, actually by after about, the, like you said before, after the first or second match, you were so uh, overdosed on tables and ladders and chairs and all the other that uh, you were non-reactive to anything, and, and yet you had about an hour and a half more of tables and ladders and chairs <laughs> and stairs and all that other to the point where, you know, you know, uh, as my dad used to say, you know, the only thing that would have maybe got a reaction if you, you know, decapitated somebody and brought their head in on a platter or some damn thing, you know. And well, they did. Ha- they did have a. Uh, they did have a monitor explode in somebody's face. It's it's close. <laughs> you know, that was the most ridiculous finish I've probably ever seen. But, yeah, uh, and, and yeah, what the monitor was even in there for in the first place was beyond me, you know, like uh, amidst uh, all this other, you know, uh, weaponry and all that they had a You want to know uh, something, Bruce? Bruce, when I was in college, uh, they taught us something called the law of diminishing values, and I can explain it very simply in 30 seconds. You know, you're hungry, the first slice of pizza tastes great, the second slice tastes very good, the third slice tastes okay, the fourth one, you're sick of it already. So by the time you've seen 37 tables get broken, it's, it's, you're done, you're done. You've had it, you, you, you know, your mind shuts down, it's meaningless, and it's just overkill, overkill. Yeah, and that's what we were saying before, like they should be the ones more than anyone that should be totally cognizant and acutely aware of those things, you know, like how how they're not, I can't fathom, you know, like uh, when they're doing all the, and I know they put a lot of time into planning all this, uh, you know, insanity and all like that, but at some point, you know, somebody should say, uh, what are the ostensible consequences of all this, you know, it's, uh, yeah. and it doesn't seem like anyone even considers that you know it's like uh my mom always said less is more and they they take the exact opposite approach let's have Cena and Orton 319 times let's have 50 ladders let's have 27 tables you know it's like I guess they're they're at a loss to do something more creative I, I don't know what else to make of it yeah and intriguingly you know uh the week before they had tables ladders and chairs that they had on uh I'm not sure if it was raw or whatever. They had this abortion on TV with Dean Ambrose and Bray Wyatt and the the chairs and the ladders and the tables and that's where Dean Ambrose was, climbed up to the ladder and then was pausing to reflect on the meaning of life or some shit. And then, that's right. That's but right. I, but I found myself saying, uh, you know, the last thing you should be doing if you're big thing the next week after is tables, ladders, and chairs is giving them a bunch of tables, ladders, and chairs. Like, you sure as hell wouldn't be giving... If if I had done something like that out here in Calgary or I had uh, the big 
build up for some big cage match. I sure as hell wouldn't be having a cage match the week before, just for the hell of it. You know, they could. I'll tell you something else. I'll I'll take something on a different tangent very quickly. I am betting. I am betting that the grumpy cat or Larry the Cable Guy made more money for one appearance than these guys on NXT do all year. (laughs) Seriously, I'm I'm betting if you. I hear that some of the top guys in NXT are making fifty grand a year. You know, uh, yeah, I'm I'm betting Larry the Cable Guy or that cat got fifty grand or more for that appearance. Yeah, and that, that that says a lot about the, you know, how warped the whole thing I guess is. You know, and uh, yeah, yeah, it's. Uh, yeah, it's almost like yeah, you can't wrap your head around it anymore. You know, it's confusing. No. Yeah, I found my. I, I saw on uh, SmackDown a couple of days back where they were hyping all these, uh, you know, pillars of society and all the, you know, for some uh, supposedly great cause. And I found myself saying, uh, at the same time, you're, you know, playing. You know, anti-social bullies who are denigrating and denouncing the marks and doing all, you know, as team authority and all like that. You know, am I the only one who's maybe seeing some contradiction here? What the hell, you know? It it seems to be uh, hard as hell to wrap your head around. Uh, It seems to be the common theme tonight on the show is having difficulty wrapping your head around any of the uh, rationale to whatever the hell they're doing, you know? Well, I would think, I would think, I mean, I'm not, I'm not a trained psychiatrist or psychologist, but I would think a 25 or 30 year old TV writer is looking at all of this differently than a 50 or 55 year old wrestler or a longtime fan or whatever the case may be. And uh, they're just coming from a totally different place. And, it's not going to make sense to us what they're doing. And, uh, you know, they're just looking yeah. at it. From, yeah, I mean, they're wasting this incredible Even more talent. Importantly, it, I don't think it's going to make sense to the, the the millions of marks out there or the uh, dwindling uh, legions of marks out there. You know, I, but, but, it's, it, yeah, it borders I mean, on, on criminal because you have such a great, talent base that's being wasted you know that's the shame of it all yeah it it's been uh completely uh kind of uh any rhyme or reason seems to be completely thrown out the door you know it's hard, i don't know for me it's hard to fathom how uh you know their talent base is probably weaker than i've ever seen it and uh some point, I think he got to somehow to re, rebuild it. But as I was saying That's earlier it. in the show, you get all these guys on NXT and all. In on NXT, on NXT, you have Prince Devitt, you have Kenta, you have Kevin Steen, you you have Sami Zayn, you have Adrian Neville. You have great talent that that you know. It's it's like they had AAA minor league team. They should be up there. You know, they do have a great talent base if they use them all properly and. You know, it's kind of being yeah. wasted. The last place I would be having them is, uh, you know, uh, to where the public can see them. You know, in the old days, uh, 
that was always how you uh, got the most out of a new guy. He he would, you know, be hot in another territory. He'd come in and uh, hit the ground running, and, you know, fans would be like, wow, you know. And I remember back in the day when they introduced Undertaker or guys like that, that was one of the things that made them as intriguing as uh, the fans had never seen them before, you know, and they they were kind of like, wow, but... I don't know, for me, if I've seen a guy for a year in NXT or whatever, you know, it takes a lot of the, uh, you know, aura or intrigue or whatever away from him, you know. Hey, Bruce. Bruce? Yeah. Bruce, just jump in real quick. I want to let the listeners know the live feed of our show is coming to an end in just a few seconds. We will continue on with this interview and they will be able to download it in the archive section, which will be available later this evening. So, okay, geez, I didn't even realize we had. Uh, you know, time flies when you're having fun. <laughs> this is like group therapy, Bruce. You know, we all vent. Yeah. You know. Yeah, oh yeah, I think we all need a bit of therapy too. You know? <laughs> yeah. But but yeah, I uh, yeah, I'm, I'm intrigued. You know, as we're talking about that before like uh it seems like there's uh you know far fewer guys than there's ever been and and uh and i'm I'm intrigued that uh, they don't understand you know they should know better than anyone how to uh develop talent and introduce it into the mix and all like that you know and i guess, i guess like you and i and uh Mike, we're saying, you know, uh, maybe we're living in the past or we're, you know, dinosaurs or whatever the hell. But uh, I know in the uh, back in the day, the last thing, you, if you were planning on having some hot new talent come in, uh, you didn't want your existing fans to know anything about them or you, you create whatever kind of, you know, aura about them. Well, maybe maybe it's the economics of it that we're not quite grasping. Maybe NXT, you have world-class wrestlers providing dirt cheap uh, content for a network, which is what they're pushing now to uh, subscribe to the network. And maybe it's more about that than putting on the best possible, you know, Raw or SmackDown. I don't honestly know the economics of it, but I do know these guys on NXT are being paid pretty horribly. I venture to say that, even more importantly, that they probably seriously don't know the economics of it. That's my perception, you know. And... uh, I'm not sure if they have 24/7 NFL networks down there or anything like that, but uh, I'm intrigued. Like, I think if you had a 24/7 NFL network, I don't, I don't think it would fly. And they got uh, a hell of a lot more talent and a hell of a lot more uh, of an ingrained fan base and all than uh, WWE does, I would think. And, I couldn't watch 24/7 of uh, Peyton and Eli Manning and uh, reruns of Dick Butkus and Brian Bosworth and uh, <laughs> halftime shows at the Super Bowl game and all that other. New, J- New thing. Japan Pro Wrestling is available now as a uh, monthly subscription. 
in the States. And uh, so technically you could watch, you know, great wrestling 24-7 if you chose to. But, you know, you know there's, there's more to life than just wrestling. I, I don't want to watch even great wrestling around the clock. <laughs> Sometimes you just need no, a break from it. I could be the har- most hardcore football or baseball fan in the world. I couldn't, you know, uh, be watching uh, reruns of Lou Gehrig and Babe Ruth and Joe DiMaggio. <laughs> Not like a, after about a month, I'd be like gagging and the... Uh, you know, no more, please. You know, like I can't yeah. take any more. So, but yeah, as we were saying before, I don't know where you go a year from now. Like, uh, you know, they've launched this big, uh, you know, quintessential all be all end all wrestling thing. Uh, you know, what are they going to introduce to them? Uh, a year from now that they haven't already seen, you know, like you've already seen all the reruns of, WrestleMania and all the old reruns. I'd love to see more house shows. I mean, they must have tons of old Garden and Spectrum and uh, Boston Gardens. And, you know, they have like the same shows over and over again. Maybe they could get the archives of Jack Pfeffer and uh, Bruno Sanartino and, you know, whatever. (laughs) Maybe that's the trump card they're waiting to pull out for us. I don't know, you know. The uh, archives of Tutsmont and uh, Strangler Lewis or something. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> but, Imagine. But yeah, I, uh, I'm hoping there might be some kind of hey, you know method to their parent madness. I don't know what uh, what the next you know card they're gonna pull out of their rear pocket or whatever it might be, you know, I don't know. It's uh it's just not working at this point. It's really it's almost painful to watch and when I say watch, what I do is TiVo it and I I can knock it out in about eighteen minutes generally. <laughs> you know? I'll I'll yeah. pick the one or two good matches worth watching and uh uh, that's pretty much it. I mean, I don't need I don't need to sit through uh, you know giant bunny rabbits. It's just <laughs> life is too or, short. Uh, small midgets pretending to be bulls or something, or uh, you know. But, um, yeah. What what seems to be the ostensible uh, reason for all the you know? Is there? I know my brothers and I were talking a while back, and some of them were saying there's too many cooks in the kitchen and. Others were saying there's not a, enough cooks that know how to cook. You know, like uh, probably a combination like, of both. Yeah, like I, I'm as soon as I hear like the creative team or whatever the hell, you know, it's like the red flag goes up. Like uh, you got Steven Spielberg doing a damn movie. He, you know, kind of uh, has his hands all over it and. Uh, and that, that's why it goes the direction it goes. But if you had two or three people doing the Titanic or doing, uh, you know, Schindler's List or some damn thing, and uh, then you're going to have, uh, you know, uh, conflict. You're going to have uh, things that don't mesh, you know. And they should know that better than anyone. And to me, the very fact that they see fit to even have more than one creative person tells me there's something wrong because 
you know, I, I, I laugh and sneer at this nonsense that uh, you need like uh, 20 writers or, you know, that's a bunch of BS. You need one person. That what I what I would do what I would do very simply is have some kind of invasion angle with the NXT guys and you, and you have these guys who have been around for 15 years like the Big Show and Kane and you put over Mark these Henry. young guys and yeah yeah exactly Mark Henry and you put over these young guys and you create new stars and you know basically just let them wrestle I mean just let them wrestle oh, yeah. it's, it's all doable. I, I think at some point they need to re, uh, for a number of reasons, they need to re-sow some seeds at the grassroots. Where you can't just have all these guys coming out of this seemingly sterile kind of NXT factory or whatever the hell. You know, even in the old days, you maybe had places that were sort of famous for developing talent including the dungeon and all like that but there's the intermediary step where guys actually had to go out and work like a lot of those guys that came out of Vern Gagne's territory uh, like Ric Flair and Buddy Rose and guys like that they had to go elsewhere sure, sure. develop into workers and then they maybe came back to Vern or sometimes they didn't but but I remember back in the day all the time these old promoters would be calling Stewin up and saying, Can you break in this guy or that guy? And that's that's how you got guys like Billy Graham and you know guys like that breaking in up here and then you'd send them back and you know there was a, a sort of a purpose in that, you know, but I think that's something that WWE uh and beyond all that, the uh, the grassroots fans is you know kind of dwindled to nothing. Like I can't imagine if you had uh, just Major League Baseball and you didn't have uh, you know all these uh, things that feed into it, like Little League and Minor League and AAA and all like that. You know, well, Daniel uh, Daniel Bryan and Seth Rollins and a lot of these guys did come out of Ring of Honor and. Yeah, they they should be uh, for that very reason. WWE should be uh, very cognizant of that, and they should be endeavoring to uh, aid and abet those people rather than exterminate them. Which is, uh, I've said that for years. Like it was, it was kind of like one of the still to me is one of the biggest mistakes they ever made. Was back in the eighties when. Vinny uh, decided he was going to uh, take over. You know, he, he systematically went to whatever lengths to, uh, you know, get rid of Calgary, get rid of Portland, get rid of Amarillo, you know, uh, Paul Bosch's territory or Burns. Sure, sure. And they weren't any real threats. Oh, he, you know, and in retrospect, if he had sustained and uh, been a little bit uh, compatible and uh, interactive with them, it would have been good for everyone, you know. And yeah. Instead, it's like you know, uh, you know, if like the NFL, and I don't, you know, the NCAA is too big for that. But if the NFL or NBA decided in their infinite wisdom that, uh, you know, 
the colleges and all like that are cutting into our action, and they're then uh, you know at that point, you know, and if they had gone to whatever lengths to get rid of them, uh, can you imagine where they'd be at today if they had kind of yeah. got rid of uh, all the feeders back in the uh, 80s and 90s, you know, there wouldn't be anything. And that's kind of where they're at right now, which is... Uh, the the Ring of Honor, the Ring of Honor pay-per-view last week was tremendous, tremendous. And basically, they just let the guys wrestle for the most part. And... Uh, you know, so look, there are alternatives. Like I said, you could get New Japan Pro Wrestling here in the states now, and uh, you know, Ring of Honor and Pro Wrestling Gorilla, etc. I mean, there's there's good wrestling out there if you cherry pick. And you know, um, WWE isn't the be all and end all. I mean, it's clearly the biggest, but <laughs> you know, it's not. You're not forced to watch anything. No, I, I, I'm hoping, hopeful at some point WWE uh, maybe is either not so uh, insecure or, uh, you know, uh, power hungry that they uh, perceive people like Ring of Honor or New Japan or anybody else to be a threat to them, you know, they, you know, uh, the old the old system that that used you know it would be a tremendous uh, benefit to WWE like right now they got all kinds of stale guys that are uh, have been around way too long that they have to keep recycling you know guys like Big Show and Mark Henry and on and on you know but yeah. there's no place to send them so they you know they switch them back and forth from heel to face or face to heel or have them playing uh, comedy or, you know. Big Show has turned 32 times. 32 times. So it's very very powerful and dramatic when the guy turns. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's absurd. It's like the the uh, law of diminishing returns. Exactly. Each, each subsequent exactly. time you switch them, uh, the reaction is proportionately less. You know? So right now it's like sort of a limp dick reaction. <laughs> at this point, at this point, I would have him wrestle the guy with the bullhorns, the uh, the midget wrestler. I would yeah, just do uh, something totally different because the heel turn's not working. Oh, yeah, and bring Vicky Guerrero back to, uh, you know, referee it. And, uh, like Davy versus Goliath, you know? Yeah, something like that. And, yeah, I'm... <laughs> you know, can you imagine? Yeah, and, yeah, I, I, I uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure if the rest of them see it in as skewed a perspective as us, or maybe. Yeah. Well, uh, if you have grumpy cats and giant bunnies, you could certainly have that. It's, uh, it's, it would be right at home on the same show. Yeah. Hopefully, there'll be uh, some kind of. Uh, <laughs> they'll rise above all this. I don't know if that's possible or. Uh, if they're even seeking to, maybe they, maybe they figure they're, uh, you know, doing everything right. You know, we might be the ones that are out of 
tune or whatever, you know, the hell. Well, last week's rating was the lowest for the year, which could also have to do with it's the holiday season and people are shopping and that kind of stuff too. But if, if ratings go down, that's that's all they really care about. And at that point, they might have to make a change or two. But, you know, as long as the money's pouring in and the uh, average fan is lapping this up, uh, they're not they're not doing it for us, Bruce. They're doing it, you know, for the kids. I, you know, if you're eight, I guess this is highly entertaining. But uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, uh, you know, was, like when you mentioned the ratings were bad, as 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 bad as they were, uh, I'd venture to say that very little on that show would do and did anything to uh, make the ratings any better next time. Like I didn't. Right. Nothing on that grabbed me, and then I was like, "Whoa, I gotta tune in next." In the old days, I don't know that I'm deluding myself. Or in the old days, every time you had a show, your ostensible objective was to, uh, you know, get them back the next week or uh, get more people. Or you know, there's always some, you know, uh, very pronounced objective, you know. And, all too often when I when I saw that thing last week and the, the time before I, I was amused that they had a, a orgy of tables, ladders, and chairs the week before they had the tables, ladders, chairs match. Like uh, in the old days, that would have been uh, if I if I had hatched anything like that, I know my dad would have kicked my ass and saying you don't give him a damn cage match if you're trying to hype the cage match the week after, you know, or something like that. There's all these sure cardinal rules that seem to be completely thrown out the the window, you know, but, uh, you realize I mean, I, like, you realize like if you went to sleep in 1975, you, you would have never imagined any of this. It, it would, it would be like your worst nightmare. If any of this would have happened, but oh, yeah. and cats and cable guys, and <laughs> you never would have dreamt this. I remember there was like, uh, you know, I'm sure you guys, you know, heard of the, uh, the ghosts of Jack Pfeffer and all like that. But I remember, uh, you know, all these old conventional types like Stu and uh, Dory Funks and uh, Vern Gagne's, uh, you know, uh, it was kind of unthinkable. You know, I know, I know, I know when I was booking the odd time and you'd have a, a ladder match or a cage match or some damn thing, uh, Stu would be like, uh, you know, uh, you only want to have like one of those a year, or you know, it has right. to be it was really a big, deal, uh, yeah. a big pretext or a lead up to it, and you got to have a, you know, uh, you know, somebody's got to leave the territory. There's always got to be some kind of, uh, you know, pretty pronounced uh, kind of uh, blow off to it and all like that, and. and they seem to, you know, there's all these things that used to be almost considered to be like cardinal rules, you know, like you always had to have a reason for doing something. And, you know, if you're going to have a cage match, it's got to be like the big blow off. And like Mike was saying, you got to have some color and all this other, you know, and, and it seems to be no perceptible method to any of the, the madness, you know, and, uh, well, and, I grew up. I grew up on uh, WWWF here in New York, and yeah. once a year you had a battle royale at the Garden, and maybe once a year you had a cage match, and it really meant something. And 
every so often a face would turn heel on a Bruno or Strongbow, and it meant something. And now, you know, every week they're trying to oh, pop a rating. So you have 42 cage matches and 22 ladder matches, and it means nothing, nothing. That, that, that's like the biggest irony of all to me, Evan, is that uh, WWWF or whatever the hell it was, they were like the most conservative and uh, kind of middle of the road of anyone, but, you know, uh, Ben Sr. and all like that, you know, and like Bruno was anything but the Sheik or, you know, the... Uh, right, the, right, yeah. There was very little, I'm sure they had very little uh, gimmick matches or juice or any of that. And, and they've almost completely transformed into something that Jack Pfeffer, like Jack Pfeffer on acid or something like that, you know. <laughs> well, it's also, it's also the ADD generation where... You know, uh, kids are so used to playing video games where something's happening every two seconds that, you know, that's why you need 42 high spots and uh, there's no psychology and it's like boom, boom, boom. You know, they're not, they, they wouldn't know what to do with like a 60-minute Dory Funk or Jack Briscoe. <laughs> it would be like alien to, to a kid today, you know? Yeah, I, I guess I don't know that that's uh, what, you know, I guess they're going to sink or swim on that uh, premise. You know, I don't know. The, I'm not even sure if it's viable, feasible, or possible to even switch, even if you, uh, you know, chose to, you know. It's not one of those things you could do, uh, certainly overnight, where you went back to uh, Dory Funk and Jack Briscoe and uh, that type of thing either, you know, but... I'll tell you, Ring of Honor, they'll just bring in some guys from Japan and they'll just have these beautiful scientific matches, 20, 30, 40 minutes. And, you know, it feels it feels like, like we used to say, the king of sports as opposed to a circus-like sports entertainment. You know, uh, there is good wrestling out there. You just have to seek it out. And, uh, you know... It's it, it is what it is. It's it's very frustrating, and uh, sometimes I'll sit there and I actually get upset when I'm watching it. It's like, what did they turn this into? Yeah, it's like Bruce Jenner or some damn thing. <laughs> Whatever it, is, yeah. what it reminds me of, you know, you got this guy who was supposed to be an Olympic decathlete or whatever. Now he's like a hermaphrodite and. Uh, Whatever the hell else. Well, reality, reality TV. I'll tell you an interesting story. I I went into a major company that that um, does reality shows, and we pitched a reality series with wrestlers, and um, we had all these interesting eclectic guys that we pitched to them, and they wanted the train wrecks. They wanted the guys who were like about to die. And, well, I'm like, well, how would you do a series if the guy, you know, drops dead two weeks into it? No, that's what we want. We want the guys who are addicted or alcoholics or are train wrecks. And that's what, rea that's what reality TV is. It's, uh, you know. Um, YouTube killer so, kind of the, attracting the morbid, uh, twisted. Yeah, morbid, uh, morbid curiosity. Yeah, I mean, uh you know, uh, any any quality film is based on conflict. If you had everybody 
happy and, uh, you know, you wouldn't have a movie, but, you know, to have like sociopaths punching each other and brawling, and you know, puking in the street. I mean, I wouldn't want to attach my name to it anyway. So, uh, yeah, it seems like they've lost, lost sight of, you know, like, uh, it's one of the key words conflict, but, uh, these days, uh, you know, there's so much, uh, ambiguity, like, as I mentioned earlier in the show, I saw this complete crap on uh, SmackDown the other day where uh, Kane, and I don't know what the hell his role is anymore, some kind of a quasi or whatever. Yeah. He, he was in conflict with uh, Adam Rose, who I think was a heel or some kind of a buffoonish heel. Next thing, Kane is abusing Adam Rose and then Spike Pyle driving the bunny and uh they're like they're all heels and they they have no issues with each other and uh like, I found myself you know just from a booking perspective saying what what the hell is the point or what you know there's not even any issues between any of them and uh it's basically three and, hours of your life you'll never get back that's what yeah, it comes and, down to and, and <laughs> they all kind of you know and, and uh i think that was followed by the bella twins coming out and doing something and i and i found myself saying weren't they you know at odds like mortal enemies only a short while ago and there's not even you're, suppo- any, you're supposed to forget that yeah <laughs> and there's not even any viable you know uh pretext for them to be back together but they're apparently back together and uh you know and uh and i think that was followed by ryback coming out and he's now a face man or after you know i haven't been a jobber and uh, feed me more <laughs> I mean, like uh you know, yeah it's uh it's what it is saying you know what uh you know you figure at some point somebody would uh Somebody that's running things, or where the, you know, is the place where the buck stops, or whatever the cliche is, but uh, doesn't seem to be. You know, it's like uh, well, the, it's a money machine. The money keeps pouring in, and until it slows down or stops, I don't think they have any real motivation sure money, to do otherwise. I'm not sure if I've been hearing correctly or not, but I'm not sure if the money's pouring in or pouring out. I've been hearing more of the latter, you know, like, uh, I don't know whether... Well, I, I heard the uh, the network itself has been struggling, but, uh, you know, they, they, I, you know that at Madison Square Garden now, they have VIP tickets. It's $599 to go to a wrestling show. I'm not talking a pay-per-view. I'm talking a regular house show. You know, you get like uh, you meet you meet like one wrestler and get an autograph or whatever. Five hundred ninety nine dollars. Can you imagine? I really can't. You know, <laughs> that's because six hundred would be greedy. It's only five hundred ninety nine. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's... if I was a mark, uh, they they would have to pay me five hundred ninety nine to uh, yeah. endure that. You know, I'd maybe. Uh, I'll tell you uh, a funny story. This is funny. I hadn't been to a WWE show at Madison Square Garden in 14 years. My friend throws me two comps, and, and I'm like, okay, okay, I, I, let me just see what's happened. So I went for the first time in 14 years, and I'm sitting there, and it's all 
parents with kitties. I'm talking little kids. It's like going to Ringling Brothers, Bonham and Bailey Circus, the <laughs> Harlem Globetrotters. It's the same experience. Okay. It, it, so you had Dolph Ziggler and Cena in a cage. This was two, three years ago. I've never gone back. So, so Ziggler and Cena in a cage. And I'm watching this and I'm going, okay, well, there's no reason really to dislike this Ziggler. He, you know, he seems like a likable enough guy. There's no heel heat. It's, it's nothing but sending the kiddies home happy with $100 worth of like worthless merchandise. That's the yeah. entire M.O. of the evening. It's nothing about, you know, put, putting on the best possible wrestling match. or sure. it, It's like the next morning you wake up and you've forgotten about it already. It's like popcorn for the mind. Yeah, I, I guess that's maybe, uh, you know, hitting the nail on the head why it's become what it has become, you know. But uh, I think the only difference to me is uh, I, I may be seeing it in the old school perspective. Like back in my day, you know, we had to get them back every week. You know, they had right. a different mindset. But in the old days, you had to always have something to get them back so you couldn't yeah, well now they now they come to the garden like three four times a year in the old days it was every month with bruno pedro superstar backland whatever it's it's only three four shows a year and you know it's very expensive so now it becomes you know this is the kid's birthday present or christmas present or whatever and uh it's it's a whole different mindset and you know one show has nothing to do with the previous one from four months ago and you know, it's just like the circus rolls into town. Yeah. Up up here, it's funny. I I don't think that you know they're advertising like tickets at fifteen bucks and all like that. And and most most times they run up here, they got to paper it because uh, especially if it's a a Raw or a SmackDown or some such thing. Because uh, I know the last few times they've been up here, they've you know, drawn maybe uh, 2,500 people in a 20,000-seat building, and they got to have them all sit on one side and all this other stuff, you know. So, uh, wow. But wow. Yeah, I don't know whether they're doing better than that anywhere else. or I, I, well, They pack uh, them in at the Garden, but, you know, that's New York. It's um, There's, a, there's 8 yeah, million there's, people here. <laughs> I, have, I have trouble believing anyone uh, would be jam-packing buildings to see most of the crap I've been seeing lately. I yeah, but the, again, this is, this is you know, uh, parents with two kids, you know, eight years old, ten years old, and, you know, little Jimmy got a good, good report card, so let's go spend, you know, $500 at the wrestling show. It's, uh, oh, yeah. it's a very different mindset. Very different I mindset. If I was a parent with little Jimmy, I don't know whether I'd want him to be uh, seeing, uh, you know, Bray Wyatt and Dean Ambrose smashing each other with chairs and ladders and crap for two hours. Or these kids are sitting on video games, blowing stuff up all day. <laughs> you know, it's a different, it's a different world. It's a different yeah. world. Call them mind the video I'm, game, or uh, you know the uh, <laughs> WrestleMania, the video game, or whatever. yeah. There seems to be so many contradictions. You know, <laughs> we, we were alluding to that earlier. You know, like they got all these. You know, extreme suppose you know tables, ladders, chairs, stairs, head sledgehammers, and all. Yet right. they can't get like a demolition derby. Yeah, and yet uh, no no blood. You know, it's like uh, 
say what. You yeah. Know. yeah. You know, yeah. I, I, uh, and funniest thing is, like we were alluding to before, is they have everything, including this kitchen sink on, on most of these shows, except for re- there's no, virtually no wrestling, no, no uh, holds, no, uh, you know, going for a pin or, you know, it's everything but wrestling and, uh, you know, it's, it's hard to wrap your head around, you know, uh, if, if you don't even know what the hell you're, you can't define yourself. I don't know how you can kind of even propagate whatever it is you're trying to, you know, propagate for the marks, you know, but it's painful. It's painful. I hate uh, to wrap this up, but we are, at the half hour into the archive episode here, so we're going to have yeah, to close uh, this no show problem. the evening. No problem. <laughs> okay. I am like some Great conversation, though, I have to leave. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Check out Legends, check out Legend, Legends TV, legendstvmyc.com. We have some great wrestling content on there, too, and some great live music. I yeah, the, greatest, the greatest hits of Jack Pfeffer the third or whatever, uh, you know. Yeah, Billy is the uh, Michael Cole and the talking computer or whatever the hell you know. So, yeah, hey guys, I enjoyed the conversation. Thank you, it thank you, appreciate it, appreciate it, Bruce. Thank you. Yeah, you thanks very much for coming on. And I, uh, I'm not sure if anyone else was supposed to be on there and didn't make it on or whatever, but I uh, appreciate uh, you and Mike coming on. Oh, was, anytime, uh, anytime. Thank you, thank you. Have a happy yeah. holidays, everybody. Thank you. Uh, Same to you guys. Yeah. Uh, okay. All the very best. Uh, okay. You Are you too, on there still, too. Mike? Yeah. Hey, hey, Bruce. Yeah, thanks for coming on. I uh, enjoyed, uh, always enjoy and uh, appreciate your uh, your time and your perspectives, you know, and it's always a pleasure. Uh, you know, I have utmost respect for you and Evan. You guys are type of guys that the business needs a lot more. I appreciate that too, Bruce. Always enjoy talking to you, my friend. Yeah, you guys are like the voice of reason in this... uh, (laughs) In this vast wilderness. uh, Sea of insanity or whatever the hell the cliche, uh, the metaphor is there, you know. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. right. I'll look forward to the next time we just uh, barely scratch the surface. I... uh, I'm yeah. amazed that we... Yeah, well, yeah we'll talk go. about... in one, one night, we'll talk about individual performers. We'll just throw out a lot of old-school guys and discuss them. That'll be fun. Yeah, I'm amazed that we got two and a half hours out of... I don't even know what the hell we were, you know, participating <laughs> on. Well, the, if uh, nothing else, it was a nice venting session. We got some stuff out of our system, right? Yeah, like some kind of a view to a holocaust or some damn thing. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I feel much better now, so I'm yeah, I'm ready to like see another probably um, yeah, show tomorrow been, night. Yeah, I've had sort of like a, a mental anime here or some damn thing. So. <laughs> yeah, right. That's a good way to put it. <laughs> yeah. Okay, uh, great. I'll uh, look forward okay. to my mic, and uh, I'll, I'll give you a call one of these times. Just uh, Okay, happy holidays to you guys, okay? You too. All the best. Say hi to... Flair, if you're hoping he's... I will. I'll probably talk to him tomorrow during the show. He'll call and complain about it. Yeah, give him my regards. Tell him I hope he's uh, getting his <laughs> shit together. <laughs> yeah.
Yeah, I will. I think he's refereeing a show in Fargo, North Dakota tonight, a Roman Reigns match. So, um, yeah, I'm sure he's excited about that. He says he gets better payoffs at independent shows now, but he's got to do it when they call. So, uh, you know, probably wrecked his weekend on the on uh, the signing circuit, but you know he'll get his payoff probably in about three months. <laughs> They're usually late with their checks. As long as the IRS isn't getting it all. <laughs> <laughs> well, Bruce, you take care. We'll talk again soon. Okay. Yeah. All the best. Thanks very much, Mike. Uh, best of the season. My pleasure. Bye bye. Okay. And you're still there, Mike. I'm still here, man. Two and a half hours later, yes. <laughs> okay, well, thanks very much. Appreciate you uh, abiding us. You know, we got kind of off on a few tangents there, but uh, I uh, appreciate your being the uh, point man here for us. And uh, uh, you did a hell of a job. Uh, I sound like one of those old heels doing uh, <laughs> Roddy Piper or whatever, and you've done a great job, you know, uh, Mean Gene or whatever. <laughs> Whatever, but uh, but yeah, I appreciate your uh, you know, kind of uh, filling the gaps and uh, letting us kind of un- unravel here. So, oh, I always enjoy coming on here uh, to this show. So, anytime you have a spot open and you need me to come on, yeah, I'm more than uh, happy to do that. So. Yeah, and told uh, Bob Johnson told me you're on next week again. Is that right? Yes, uh, next week is the year-end awards show. I guess you guys are going to hand out yeah. some awards. To different and yes, I will be co-hosting once again. Uh, Thomas Rude will be calling in next week to join us. He was on the line earlier, but we made arrangements to have him come in on another time because you and Mike and Evan were having such a great conversation. I didn't want to interrupt it, and I wanted to make sure Thomas had his time to you know, come on and say what he wanted to say. So he will be joining us next week as well. Okay, I appreciate that. And I'll look forward to next week. And I hope the the listeners out there uh, come back next week and I hope they enjoyed whatever the hell we were doing tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I know I enjoyed it. And ladies and gentlemen, if you are still listening, this is now downloaded in our archives. Thank you for joining us for tonight's episode of Heartbeat Radio on ProWrestlingPowerhouseRadio.com. You'll be able to download this on uh, their website. It should be up in the next couple hours. Thank you for joining us. I will be back next week along with Bruce for the year-end awards show. And please listen to my show every Wednesday night, IHWE Radio, here on BlogTalkRadio.com. And to all the listeners out there, Happy holidays to you and all your family, and we will see you again next week. Bye-bye.